Creatures of the Night, welcome to Talking Taker, episode 123 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. I want to thank you for joining us for a very special round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio, and I am one of your co-hosts. I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, the king of extreme, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, we have a very special bonus episode for all our listeners, our Christmas episode. It is going to be an extreme Christmas as we head to the land of extreme, extreme championship wrestling to talk about The Undertaker in ECW. Yes, it really happened. Yes, it was the WWE version of ECW, but it really happened and it's crazy and we want to cover that. But also, because it's December, because we've reached that point in the timeline, because we were there, you and I are going to talk about December to Dismember 2006, the infamous ECW pay-per-view from our hometown of Augusta, Georgia. It's got nothing to do with The Undertaker, Travis, but boy, (laughs) I'm excited to talk about it. What about you? I can't wait, man. And all this extreme talk is getting me hyper. I want to go play No Mercy because my character, Extreme T, was on there. So I would love that. (laughs) He would have been a much uh, better main eventer for this (laughs) pay-per-view. He would have. But, yeah, it's going to be exciting to talk about ECW December to Dismember because, honestly, when I got to Network, it's the first show I watched. <laughs> this is it. I just had to go back and see it on there. I, mean, I have it on DVD, so I don't know why I had to go do it on Network, but I just feel like I did. So, first thing I went back and watched was this show. Did and, you ask uh, for a refund immediately? Still have the Network. <laughs> no. I can't believe it. <laughs> still have it. So, Yeah. Uh, but I've only seen this match that one time live and maybe once on DVD and maybe once uh, when I got the network. So I'm excited to watch it uh, again. As he's excited a little loosely, but I'm excited to watch it here with you again. <laughs> well, we were extremely excited 13 years ago and then extremely disappointed as soon as the pay-per-view was over. We're going to get to all that. We're going to share some fun stories from being there live And then we're going to do a watch-along, not of the whole pay-per-view, so don't turn the podcast off yet, but we're going to talk about that main event, the Extreme Elimination Chamber with Rob Van Dam, ECW legend Test, ECW legend Bobby Lashley, (laughs) (laughs) Hardcore Holly, The Big Show, and CM Punk, just a colossal cluster of a match. Uh, and then, like we said, we are going to... who it was supposed to be in the match. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about what we did before the show, what happened after the show, all the wrestlers we ran into and had some legendary <laughs> moments and conversations with. 
<laughs> and then it really uh, was a night to remember. Oh man, that's why it's been circled on the calendar this whole time we've done this podcast. We got to do a December to December episode. And, yeah, uh, we're gonna loosely tie it into the Undertaker. We talked about the Undertaker, Mean Mark Callis in WCW. So this will be a companion piece to that. We'll talk about the Undertaker. Sure. In ECW, uh, when he competed against the Big Show in 2006, and then when he teamed up with Kane against the ECW, I'll say it, legendary ECW tag team of Miz and Morrison, uh, one of the bright spots of the ECW on Sci-Fi Run. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to all that, Travis, but uh, you know, I-, I know there's so many ecw fans out there you know ecw you know to this day in 2019 holds a special place in so many fans hearts uh 18 years after the original closed up shop but uh before we jump into the undertaker stuff and december December stuff travis what are like your earliest ecw memories just as a wrestling fan like when did you first hear of ecw and when did you first watch it? Uh, who are some of your favorite ECW uh, extremists or ECW originals? Well, um, you know, when I started getting back into wrestling, what was that, fifth or sixth grade or whatever, obviously it really took off when I became friends with you and everything. We've covered all that on the show. But around that same time, I had some buddies at church that really were into wrestling as well. And my one particular friend named Jared, um, he loved ECW. He would always talk about it and, like, we'd be – you know, fake wrestling at church and stuff. And he would like take thumbtacks and like stick them in his arm and stuff like that. And he'd be like, Oh, I'm like Cactus Jack. And I'm like, uh, Terry Funk and some of that. And I'm like, what, like, what are you doing? And so he would talk to me about the barbed wire matches. Not so like he had some tapes again back then we had tapes. And so he let me borrow some of those. So that's the earliest I can remember. I can't recall the first like show I watched, but I do, I do know that. I mean, once I got back into it and everything, I was there watching it on Scramble Vision as if I could on pay-per-view, trying to listen to the show, you know, and definitely reading the recaps and reading what happened. And I remember um, some of my favorite guys from the beginning, uh, that my, my buddy Jared was telling me about RVD, you know, and how he had held the TV title for like over a year and all that stuff. So just really fall in love with RVD, uh, Jerry Lynn. Um, I mean, those two are to the best man and i'm in raven i've been a raven fan in wcw so i love this guy and so i went back and watched his ecw stuff and just really fell in love with the the genesis of the of the raven character and then to top that all off the storyline between him and tommy dreamer is still one of my favorite storylines in all of wrestling i still think it's perfect uh there's not a lot of long-term storytelling anymore but that was long-term storytelling uh, obviously Sandman, you know, he's great. He's a terrible wrestler, but he's a great gimmick. Um, but those guys were great, man. I loved all those. And then at the end of ECW, my boy, Rhino, <laughs> one oh, of my favorites. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, about you? my earliest ECW memory, uh, you know, we talked on some of our early episodes about reading wrestling magazines uh, in the grocery store and uh, just camping out there and flipping through there. That's when I remember reading about ECW and seeing pictures of it. Mm -hmm. I remember like two pictures very specifically. One was of Raven and he's like on his knees doing that Raven Jesus Christ prose. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got blood all over his face. He's got tape on his wrist and I 
looked at that picture, I was like, first of all, that's Johnny Polo. What the heck happened to Johnny Polo? What is going on? And secondly, what this guy looks like he was just in a war. Like, what is yeah. I've never seen anything like this in wrestling before. It just blew my mind. And then another one, not as violent and as extreme as that, but it just kind of blew my mind too. I remember seeing a picture from one of the first triple threat matches that they had. Um, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Shane Douglas was in it and two other guys, but they were doing the triple sleeper spot. So mm-hmm, yeah. three guys in a sleeper hold. And that was just the most fascinating thing to me as like a 10 year old, <laughs> like, you know, cause wrestling was always yeah. just one-on-one one yeah. guy in the ring against another guy, even a tag yeah. team match is still just right. that you would like that spot. Like those three guys, they're all doing a move. Like what <laughs> that, like I could not comprehend that, which is, you know, hard to believe for wrestling nowadays where you have a triple threat match every week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that was just so innovative to me. And I wanted to see that, like I had to see what that might be. So, um, similar to you, man, I, I had a friend at church, uh, I think his name was Dwayne. Um, I can't. I don't remember exactly. Like we weren't John, close friends. John Johnson? <laughs> Not the Rock Johnson. Uh, uh. He's a little bit older, but we traded some wrestling tapes, and uh, he ended up giving me a copy of ECW Barely Legal, which I still have his yeah. copy of it uh, in my parents' attic somewhere. Shout uh, out to Dwayne. <laughs> shout out Dwayne. Appreciate it, bud. Um, and yeah, dude, that was the first time I saw. A full ECW show. I definitely saw him like flipping channels, trying to find him, like the ECW TV show on syndicated mm-hmm. TV. Um, it was like I could never. It, it seemed like it was never like on the same channel. It's never same the time. same. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Because I'd watch it one week at like one in the morning, and then remember to tune back in, and it wasn't there mm-hmm. anymore. I was like, what? Yep. <laughs> That's what it seemed like. I don't know. But uh, so I, I saw the TV show a few times, but then that barely legal pay per view, uh, and I know me and you we watched it together too. Eventually, at mm-hmm. one point, I remember bringing it over to your house and, and watching that with you and uh, getting some of those DVDs that they put out, like compilation DVDs at the time. Yeah, I have, so I have those VHSs. I have those VHSs. It's um, I'll 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 find them and put them on our social media. But there's three different ones, but they just had all these matches I'd heard of and read about. But again, we didn't have. They didn't put out seasons of, of, of Raw and SmackDown and stuff back then, like on a box set or ECW. You had to hopefully wait and get a compilation disc or compilation VHS. So I have th- those first three that they put out, and um, but they had all these iconic matches and matches of that I read about of guys that I grew to love in WCW or WWE, like Chris Jericho. Now, I've, I, he's, one, he's one of the ones when I first heard of ECW, and I, I love Jericho, but I went back and watched as much of his stuff as I could, you know. Um, watching Eddie and, and Dean and Psychosis and Ray Mysterio, just all those guys, but they were all on these compilation uh, VHSs that they had. So all that was really cool. And just seeing the Pitbulls and the Eliminators <laughs> and stuff like that, just guys that I I loved in WCW that I didn't – that came from ECW, you know, and um, just seeing their, their early stages. It was really cool. And then another fond memory real quick of ECW is when it came back to TN, TNN. We watched the first episode at your house, um, in your bedroom, and yeah. in 1999, and that was the night that Raven came back and won the tag team titles with Tommy Dreamer, and it was the Dudleys last night on the on ECW. And I remember you and I just 
marking out for Raven coming back and just it was just awesome man I just love seeing that and uh, again that was a piece of the story of the Raven Tommy Dreamer storyline so it was really cool but. Yeah, so, uh, if you hear my dogs in the background I'm in the living room tonight records as we're doing our watch along and so that gagging that you heard was <laughs> my dog coughing not me gagging at your story Travis so. oh, I thought it was Balls Mahoney <laughs> no we'll get to him in a little bit uh, he plays an important part in this night for us. But, he does. Uh, yeah, man, ECW on TNN. I remember watching that as well. Uh, the later days of ECW talked about Rhino. Mike Awesome was the other guy. Love Mike Awesome, yes. Oh, yeah, that was, that was one of our boys that we loved to mm-hmm. watch. Um, and I love Cyrus as the network. That yeah, storyline was great. Candido, loved that. Carino, loved him. And then you awesome. had ECW, and then Roller Jam, and then Monster Jam yes. on Friday night. Dude, couldn't beat that. <laughs> Adrenaline night, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'd be remiss without mentioning the ECW action figures, dude. They had some of my oh, favorite action figures from yeah. that time. I didn't have all. I had Shane Douglas. I had Taz, RVD, Chris Candido. They were uh, got big pushes in my figure fed. I think I had all four of those, and did I have a rhino? I don't know if I ever had a rhino. I feel like you had no. a rhino. I think I had a rhino, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, definitely had those. Um, I think you had man, Sabu, good stuff. too. I had Sabu as well. Yeah, you're right. So that was good stuff. Yeah, those I love those figures back then. They yeah. just don't get a lot, a lot of play on online, I don't think so. But anyway. Well, you know, like we said, we are – our podcast is devoted to every single Undertaker pay-per-view match. That's what we're here to talk about. Uh, no pay-per-view matches for Undertaker in ECW. A couple of TV matches in the rebooted ECW. But <clears throat> one other question before we jump into there, Travis. I want you to imagine a world where the Undertaker somehow crossed over into the original ECW. You know, them the ECW and WWE had a working relationship bunch sure. of guys kind of crisscrossed over there, but none to that magnitude of The Undertaker. But would have been amazing if it happened. Or, I don't know, maybe there's a world where in 1999 when he leaves and takes that break before he becomes the biker taker, for some reason he jumps over to ECW for six months. Mm-hmm. Who do you think maybe two or three guys that would have been some of the coolest ECW opponents for Undertaker to face? Uh, three of them – stand out to me just off the top of my head and one you might laugh at but 911 that <laughs> guy had that. a gimmick but that guy he was terrible in the ring but what a gimmick man and like seeing him up against Taker it may not have been a five star classic but seeing both those like unbeatable forces t- together that might have been pretty neat i think that would have been okay. pretty cool I mean, so two masters of the chokesley i'm going against it exactly All right. so I would have taken that. That's number one. Uh, Mike Awesome would have okay. loved that. I don't know that he was around that early, but I'm just saying, if at okay. some point he could have gone in there, I would have loved to see him because those both yeah. two big men that can move and fly. Oh man! And I can wasn't both expecting bump that for either. each other. <laughs> oh yeah. And then lastly, I would love to see Jerry Lynn because some of our favorite matches we've covered are X Pac, right? X Pac and and um, and Undertaker. So seeing someone like Jerry Lynn, who's just like an X Pac, but even better probably. Uh, in the ring, just having him in there bumping and feeding and just doing some of his stuff against Taker, those are three that really stand out to me that I would love to have seen. Wow, you went with three I was not at all expecting. <laughs> I like that. Well, I didn't want to go with the like the guys that you'd think of. But anyway, what about you? What well, would, three I, guys? I went with the guys you'd think of, man, like Raven. I mean, that to me, that's mm-hmm. like the number one because oh, yeah. 
I mean, in-ring would have been good, but just imagining that Raven character and what he could have done mm-hmm. mind games with The Undertaker and how Paul Heyman could have explored that in like a 97, 98 oh, yeah. ECW would have been incredible. You know, RVD, obviously sure. his Undertaker matches were some of our favorites in yeah. the entire <laughs> podcast that we've covered on here. So uh, seeing him 97, 98 RVD against Undertaker with like no handcuffs on them would have been something incredible. Um, I think Shane Douglas storyline wise could have done some cool stuff with Undertaker. Um, Bam Bam and his ECW run, Mm -hmm. you know, them could have been off the chain. And then I think uh, maybe my number one, Raven might be number one, but just like. An off-the-chain Sabu against Undertaker match. <laughs> Just off the rails, off the walls, peak ECW Sabu against yeah. Undertaker. I mean, just imagine the spots those guys could have done with each other. you think Undertaker oh. and Mick Foley did some wild stuff. Just imagine what 98, 99, 97 Sabu could have done. Uh, just get me excited <laughs> thinking about it. I don't know if Taker would have stepped in a ring with that maniac. Maybe not. <laughs> He's no. probably too smart. But yeah, that would be interesting. No, I think selfishly, my 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 go to would always be Raven because he's just my he's my favorite ECW character. But I was just trying to think a little bit outside the box there with with my choices there. But um, they were made for some good matches. But yeah, all those you said I agree with. Those would definitely have been good good encounters with him. So they've been fun. It's fun to think about. It is, man. It's fun to imagine. I'm just picturing Paul Heyman taken like a 2000 era undertaker that biker taker like a more Mm -hmm. realistic guy like that what he could have done with that in that ecw environment could have been something really really special but uh obviously that's just a fantasy um a lot of people's fantasies became reality when ecw came back to life in 2006 um i know you and i were both stoked for it we uh we watched it uh till the till the day it died pretty much in 2010 although uh you Mm -hmm. could say uh, it put one foot in the grave here with ECW December to dismember. Um, <laughs> obviously, we don't have to rehash all the problems and issues with the WWE version of ECW. I think everyone knows all the myriad reasons why it never clicked. But it did provide us with something interesting. Even though it wasn't quite the real thing, we did get The Undertaker and ECW twice. Uh, we're going to talk analyze those two matches here up next. Uh, the first one took place... On July 18th, 2006, uh, we covered it on the podcast in brief a few weeks ago uh, on our Great American Bash 2006 episode, if you want to listen back <clears throat> to that one in the archives. So we we're on the road to what we were thinking was Undertaker Great Kali in a Punjabi prison match. It became right. Undertaker Big Show inside the Punjabi prison, so we ended up getting a little preview of it on this episode of ECW on Sci-Fi, but... Man, it's wild because we're just a month into ECW on Sci-Fi and we're seeing the fact that last week on the show, ECW champion The Big Show had this brutal match with Ric Flair and a week later now he's facing the freaking Undertaker on ECW. It's just bizarre. Yeah, that's right there. It just tells you how snake bit this whole experiment was from the get-go. I mean... Again, we I, I mentioned this when we covered this uh, briefly. It was that on July fourth is when he, is when RVD loses the title to, to Big Show. So he he you know he won him from what was it? He beat 
Edge and uh, no, he beat Cena at at one night stand and then got awarded the ECW title like on the first episode of ECW on Sci-Fi, and then like a week later or whatever it was, he loses because of his you know he gets caught with pot or whatever, and then yeah, the next week it's Ric Flair and Big Show and it's fun and it's bloody and it's but like that's not ECW man. They should have put anybody else in there, and I understand the idea behind it from Vincent Mann's standpoint. But also, he just he didn't have any patience to even let it breathe. You know, I mean, I understand the RVD screwed up, but like, give it to somebody else that's ECW and let them run with it. You know, yeah, I don't I, know. I it mean, just it sucks. I didn't even mind Big Show as champ, like, because that's a pretty. I mean, I thought Big Show did a great job. As yeah, champ in that situation, and he's a, I mean, he's a heel. He's, he's a believable champion for anybody. He's huge. Right. It, obviously, yeah. you hate him because he's not ECW. But exactly, the problem is when you've got Big Show versus Ric Flair, Big Show versus right. Undertaker, Big Show versus Batista. Yep. I mean, not even that. Those are like if you did if you spread those out and did like one of those in June, and then oh. Undertaker comes in in October. Oh, Batista comes yeah. in a few, like special attractions, but that was like three weeks in a row. It's just mm-hmm. another Raw or SmackDown. It's not yep. ECW anymore. Um, as yeah. extreme as you make it, it's you know it's not ECW. Right. Exactly. Well, this night has uh, another thing that's not ECW, but it's trying to be. Is Kevin Thorne and Ariel, <laughs> and they're uh, reading tarot cards in the back, and uh, she predicts. Uh, pulls a death card out for for big show basically saying he's going to die tonight with his uh, his his match against the dead man ariel what does the future hold for the big show's title reign (laughs) look at that it's the death card so you know i and say what you will about Kevin Thorne and Ariel and the whole sci-fi thing, but I appreciated the the fact that they were doing something different. I mean, nobody was doing anything like this, so I appreciated the fact they gives did something different. And again, I try to give the benefit of the doubt with stuff like this, and we'll get into that too when we get to the pay-per-view itself. But um, you know, I try to give benefit of the doubt and let it see where it goes. But you know, it did die a slow death <laughs> um, in front of our faces, <laughs> but it's what it is. Yeah, that was the thing that died to death. Not the big show. Kevin Thorne. His career. <laughs> our our yeah. old friend Mordecai. Mordecai. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it's certainly not the worst thing of about the new ECW. <clears throat> Mike Knox. No. But, um, Zom- zombie. <laughs> uh, our main event is Big Show and Undertaker here. Uh, ECW champion Big Show comes out first. And then after a commercial, we see the Undertaker making his first ever ecw appearance and it is surreal dude uh we'll keep saying it's not the real ecw but still seeing him come out through that brick and the bricks yeah entryway uh the entrance is like literally in the middle of the crowd um man it's pretty cool to see yeah it is and it's neat that they went to those links to make it semi-authentic even though it wasn't the real thing you know it was just they did I do appreciate that Vince allowed that to happen. So, and yeah, it's weird seeing him come out like that, and um, just very surreal. And to hear Joey Styles calling a match for the Undertaker because sure. I don't think was he on Raw. He, I guess he maybe he had been on Raw before this, but but it's, Taker's been on SmackDown, so he wasn't calling his matches or anything. So it's just really really cool. And this is Taker's first match back since Kali had squashed him at Judgment Day. So 
that's neat too. Well, he and Big Show go right at it, just throwing hands for the first few minutes, lots of punches, but Big Show ends up standing tall. Undertaker's doing a great job of um, trying to continue to make Big Show look like a big monster out here. He's having a hard time taking him down, and Big Show's throwing punches and kicks and headbutts. Man, he is spamming the headbutt on this night. Yeah, and Taz says, it must feel like getting hit in the head with a helicopter. So, <laughs> don't even know. What did, he, what did we just... make fun of him for saying? Like hitting somebody with a crockpot or something? I, a few weeks yeah. I don't know. Yeah. A frying pan or something. Yeah. <laughs> something that was... Crockpot. A wok. It was a wok. A wok. I can hit in the head with a wok. Well, now we've escalated to helicopter. A helicopter. So, Jeez. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, yeah, like you said, Taker can't really take show down. That's kind of a neat story they're telling. And then they go to commercial. Uh, and Taker gets dumped over the outside. And then coming back from that, and Taker hits an apron stunner right as we come back to the action. So that's, you know, classic Undertaker. He's been doing that move since pff, 91, seems like. So The crowd's into it. They're chanting for Taker. He's trying to chop down the big show. But, again, the story of the match, big show is just too powerful. He takes Undertaker down again with some – Headbutts and clotheslines, and then uh, Joey Styles gives us the line of the night as they head outside, and uh, show sends Undertaker into the steps, and Joey Styles informs us that. And when Steel meets Skull, Skull is never going to get the better of that exchange. Yeah, the old <laughs> saying that we all know. <laughs> oh, so. <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Yeah, it's the old saying. That's- Oh, okay. Well, one thing that bothered me about this is that the referee, okay, it's Mickey J, which doesn't bother me, but he's doing a, he's counting the count out. Like, why is there, that's another thing. It's like, why is there a count out in an ECW main event match? Like, that's right. part of the appeal of ECW is that, like, it was like Outback, man. There's no rules, just right. It was just, that's how it was. <laughs> is that still their slogan, or is that just from 2006? Yeah, I mean, this main event was like the Outback Bowl, <laughs> yeah. basically. No rules, just right. But anyway, yeah, I just, I just didn't like that attention to detail there. Those countouts in ECW, and I don't know, it just bothered me. But it was good to see Mickey J again because he, I hadn't seen him on TV in a long time. That's so. true. That's true. And he gets uh, intimidated by the Undertaker here later on. Uh, Undertaker and Big Show kind of do the old yay boo punches, uh, you know, the old indie spot. And Taker chokes Show in the corner. He does that ref intimidation on Mickey J. He's starting to fire up. Hits a DDT on Big Show for a two count and starts going to his booze of doom. But. Big Show's going to stop him on the old school attempt. Oh, yeah. He punches him, and then he's going to get up there. And Big Show's going to superplex Taker off the top rope. And Ooh. they both bounce off the off the mat when they hit. It's, watching the guy the size of Taker bounce off the mat is, is pretty scary looking, honestly. So Yeah, we've seen him take some big old bumps here in 2006. Yeah, we have. Big Show goes for a lazy cover and doesn't hook the leg. And so Iron Taker sits up out of it. And then Undertaker goes to choke slam Big Show, but Big Show goozles Undertaker at the same time. Big Show headbutts Taker down and goes for a Cobra Clutch that the announcers keep calling a sleeper hold, which is not the same thing. No, yeah. <laughs> but somehow Undertaker reverses it and turns it into old school. 
Yeah, he's, <laughs> so he's got him in like the Million Dollar Dream or whatever, right? Like a Cobra Clutch and take her his face and turnbuckle. And I thought they were about to go over the spot for like um, like Brett and Austin and was that Survivor Series 96? Yeah. Um, but instead, Taker like walks up the turnbuckle and he has t- Show's arm from the Cobra Clutch and he just spins around and it's old school somehow. It was pretty neat to see the way they, they you know innovated that. But uh, he then knocks Big Show out of the ring and then... Ugh, here comes a steaming pile of Kali making his way down. <laughs> the great Kali, as Taz calls him on this night. Lassie. <laughs> him the and Davari make their way out, and Undertaker goes right after him, man. He sends Skull into steel, and as we know, Skull never wins that matchup. And uh, nails Kali and Big Show with some chair shots, and the ref calls for the bell and throws this one out. Again, yeah. it's freaking ECW, and... They're disqualifying him for a chair shot here, but uh, right. yeah. Oh well, yeah. Like you said, DQ, and then Taker's getting the table ready to put them through, but the two big giants overpower him, and they wind up double choke slamming him through the announce table. Kali puts his foot on the big show, and and as the show goes off, so he raises his hands, and again, this is the build up to the Punjabi prison, which is supposed to be uh, this Sunday after this, I believe. Yeah. Uh, we do we do get a vintage oh my god from yes, Joey Styles sure. too as they go through the table. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god Well so Undertaker does get a classic Joey Styles OMG call on there. Um but yeah, that's I would say the most the more famous of Undertaker's two ECW appearances. Uh, I think a lot of people remember that one. Everyone was still pretty locked in with WWE ECW at that point, but I think a lot of people forget that he had another match on the ECW brand two years later on April 15th, 2008. Uh, I oh, know... tax day. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this against IRS? <laughs> no. Oh, thank I goodness. Wish. I was about to I turn wish. this thing off. What's uh, tax day in London? I don't know, but tax maybe they day were in America. Avoiding their taxes by going over to London on tax <laughs> no, day. No taxation without representation. That's why they booked this show, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, so. But yeah, April 15th, 2008, London, England. Uh, it's So much has changed in ECW. <laughs> I, obviously, a lot of that started with December to Dismember, but there's no more... A, there's no more separate ECW set for this show. They're just on the same old Raw SmackDown set. Uh, we've moved into HD for the first time that we've covered on this show. Oh, um, yeah. A lot of the guys are different. The whole brand is different. And this episode is going to kick off with, sadly, tragically, the loss of the ECW lead announcer, Joey Styles, And we're going to get quite the replacement for him. Yeah, Joey Styles tells us that, you know, he's leaving the ECW announce team and he's headed to WWE.com, which was true. I mean, that's not a that's not a false thing. He was literally headed there and he stayed there for years. Well, two or three years ago he got fired, I think. But anyway, he um he was there for, you know, probably a decade uh doing that. But anyway, but he's gonna introduce his uh replacement. I will not say it's a worthy replacement, but it is a replacement. Um and his name <laughs> I can't believe we're about to say this guy's name. This is Mike Adamley. Oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Jamaican me crazy. Mike Adamley, dude. Uh, ah, Jeff Harvey himself. Brett, Jeff Harvey. <laughs> it's like taking 
it's like if your doctor's like, oh, we're going to take you in and do a hip replacement, but instead we're just going to put in like a dog bone, like <laughs> as a hip. Like, a, like that's is what that, you're replacing my hip with is a dog bone. Is that an analogy is, that he made? No, it's <laughs> one that I'm making right now in the spirit of Mike Adam. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Man, it's, uh, I love Mike Adam on American Gladiators. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when he was 40 years younger. Oh, man. He's like 60 here. Yeah, he something. is. He's, sadly, we've found out in later years that he does have CTE and yeah. he's playing football and that may have affected some of his commentary <laughs> skills during this time, so it's hard to make Slash. fun of, but yeah, we can make yeah. fun of it anyway because we didn't know. Well, we didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know. It's fine to make fun That's of. Fine. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, like you said, this this show is uh, is in a large arena, man. It's crazy to see, and so we get a, we get a recap here of... Um, of uh, Kane and Chavo's contract signing for Backlash. They're going to go at it at Backlash. And do you remember that, that quote-unquote match they had at WrestleMania that year? Like yeah, eight man. seconds long? Kane is the ECW champion yes. on this episode of ECW. <laughs> this is the match of champions. Kane yes. and the world champion, The Undertaker, who's the SmackDown champion, against the SmackDown tag team champions who are on the ECW brand, The Miz and John <laughs> well, Morrison. Duh. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Sense. We're not going to try to make sense out of it. We're obviously jumping ahead in our timeline right. a little bit, so we don't fully have all the context of this, but we wanted to tie both of these ECW matches together, so we're just going to try to go from memory here. But, man, Miz and Morrison were super hot during this time. Yeah. They had the Dirt Sheet series on WWE.com, and uh, it's crazy to think that The Miz was you know, kind of like an internet darling there for... Uh, a little while, basically due to his association with John Morrison, but right. man, they were a well, hot act. They're not far from being that again because uh, Morrison's back <laughs> in the company, and I watched Ooh. for the first time ever the bump on WWE, uh, t- whatever social media last week because John Morrison was on there, and the Miz called in, and it was really neat to see them together and talking and talking about old times, and it made me want Eminem 2.0, man. I want Miz and Morrison back together. I've talked on here on this show, on Talking Taker about how I wouldn't mind seeing two main event stars tag team. I lo- I would love for Randy Orton and uh, John Cena to be a tag team. I love when Kane and Taker tagged. I love when Austin would tag with you know Taker. So it's just really cool to see you know two guys like that be put together. And I wouldn't mind seeing Miz and Morrison again. Their focus only being tag team gold. You know that'd be kind of neat Dude, in this day and age. But I it all started not, back here. I did not consider a Miz and Morrison reunion. For Morrison's comeback, but now that's all I want to see. That's all I bring it back. I want the dirt sheet. I want the dirt sheet every (laughs) week. They can do like the same thing on like the street profits do on Raw. They can do it on SmackDown as the dirt sheet or whatever. Like they can be amazing because they're awesome. I love those two guys together. I love it. There it is. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Well, Kane and Undertaker do a little backstage promo on Miz and Morrison. I. Well, really, it was just Kane. Kane does the talking here <laughs> as Undertaker just stands by and rolls his eyes to the back of his head. And tonight, that monster will reveal itself as the WWE Tag Team Champions, Miz and Morrison, face their destruction. Make that the Brothers of Destruction. <laughs> we also get a Miz and Morrison promo later on as well. Yeah, earlier today, Miz and Morrison gave a promo talking about facing the brothers, and apparently 
I guess apparently Kane and Taker actually were fighting each other a few weeks ago on SmackDown, so Morrison or Miz brings that up, and uh, John Morrison says that divide and conquer tonight. That's going to be our strategy, and the man that's going to start the revolution, the man that's going to start this match, the man that's going to get right up in the Undertaker's face, stare into the dead man's beady little eyes, and prove to him that ECW is our yard. It's going to be you. He kind of throws Miz under the bus there. Miz is kind of taking it back. So it's kind of funny interaction to see them to yeah. do that together. So Everybody gets separate entrances here, including the tag team champions. I, I, I remembered it, but it's still funny to look back and see Miz's old look. I'll never not think yeah. that's funny. It is <laughs> giant cargo shorts and fedora and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's horrifying. What he made you hate him. Like, oh, he did. Yeah. Can't like wait he became a world champion. And John Morrison didn't. Uh, not in WWE, <laughs> at least. <laughs> not yet. Right. Right. There's still time. Still and then time. I also cracked up seeing Kane walk out with the belt, ECW championship belt, around his waist, wearing it to the ring, man. Something Proud, about man. that, for some reason, just looked funny to me, dude. Looked like he's wearing a okay. kid's belt. <laughs> that title is so little. Like, when Big Show had it, he just held it in, like, one hand. Like, it was so tiny. But, yeah, seeing Kane come out. But then, but then... Seeing the world heavyweight champion Taker come out, which again in our timeline we haven't got to that point yet, where he's won the gold belt. He's only ever had the WWE title, so seeing that one on him, man, just looked really cool. So I can't wait till we get there in our timeline uh, as we catch up in the next few weeks. But um, yeah, he comes out, and makes his great entrance here, and uh, just as was said earlier, the Miz is going to start off with Kane, and he's <laughs> actually going to go right on the offense to get to Kane. Man, I was kind of impressed, like being so young and green in the business, he actually does a really good job starting off this match against such a veteran like Kane. And um, Kane gets the upper hand and starts working over the shoulder, though. Undertaker tags in, works over the arm, goes for old school, gets it. The crowd's popping huge for Undertaker here in London. Uh, I'm surprised we could even tell it was London because there was no bus or phone booth on the stage. I, was, I know. I wasn't really sure if it was really London, but apparently no. it was. Uh, Undertaker places Miz on the apron, boots him down. It's that apron leg drop on Miz, but or he goes to hit that, excuse me, and Morrison actually clotheslines Undertaker down to the floor as Undertaker's going for it. I thought it was a really cool spot, actually. That was an excellent spot. You don't see that often. Um, but, yeah, he intercepted that you know, leg drop and you know just kind of really hard, stiff clothesline to take her and that goes to commercial so bad if we come back from that commercial we see um miz and morrison what what are they called m&m like that's it's miz and morrison like i know there already was an m&m right. but like it would have made it would have been cool to be m&m 2.0 or something or i don't know there's no m&ms there's no in miz in morrison that's miz in, <laughs> miz in morrison no, Miz, like, like salt and pepper is not, it's salt and pepper. That's a, right. The end was a joke. But Eminem <laughs> was Mercury Nitro Molina. Right, but you can, but salt and pepper is just salt and pepper. But the end <laughs> is the and. So, like, the old band. That's our song for the end of the show. But anyway. Old band? Uh, old band, oh, not old, band. Yeah. Old band? Salt and pepper? <laughs> I'm just, confused. I do, I do love old band. You did. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Taker's going to throw Morrison in the corner and start punching him, headbutting him, stomping him. And then Morrison's going to somehow kick Taker, and then Taker's going to boot him for a two count. 
Kane's going to tag in and start just taking it on the Morrison, who's going to very quickly tag, tag the Miz back in, who is not really sure he wants to get back in the ring with Kane. Well, for good reason, because Kane is murdering him in the ring, <laughs> knocks Morrison down to the announce table. Uh, Kane goes up top, but Morrison throws him off and does a little posing on the apron, and then Kane shoves Morrison off the ra- uh, the uh, the apron, uh, but Miz chop blocks him down. Uh, Miz and Morrison kind of control things for a little while, work over Kane, um, you know, doing some hot tags, working over the leg. Um, and then our tag team specialist, our old favorite, The Undertaker, is going to tag in and do what he does best, man. He's a, one of the most underrated tag team wrestlers of all time, <laughs> yes. dude. He knows how to make that comeback. He is. He's going to get in here and just take it to Morrison. He wears Morrison out with the, the stinger splashes in the corner, snake eyes, running big boot, just two count. He's going to goozle Morrison, and Miz is going to slide in there. He goozles Miz, too, but they're going to kick, double-kick him and knock him off of them. And then Kane's going to come in. He and his brother are going to hit stereo choke slams on Eminem 2.0, just choke slam at the same time. And then Kane, or excuse me, The Undertaker is going to try to finish things off here with a big old uh, tombstone to John Morrison, cover him with the classic pose, and get the win for the world heavyweight champions, thus squashing the tag team champions. So. <laughs> well, if you're going to squash the tag team champions, it might no, as well be two of the world champions. Exactly. Against no, I agree. But yeah, dude, they do their pose in the middle of the ring with their world title. This is a pretty cool sight to see here. Uh, Kane and Undertaker both holding a couple of the world championship belts of two of the three WWE brands here. Uh, and we'll obviously, we'll explore the context of this in a few weeks when we hit this uh, post-WrestleMania 24 on the podcast. Uh, We've got 2007 that we're going to be getting to here in a couple of weeks, Uh, so it'll take us a few months to get into 2008, but a little bit of a flash forward and something on brand for this episode as we talk about the Undertaker in ECW, his two appearances. He goes undefeated, man, 2-0. and Won by disqualification that first match. Gets a pinfall here. Uh, goes down as an ECW legend in my book. Absolutely, man. If you're 2-0, and that's it. You're, you're good to go. Well, unfortunately, The Undertaker, as awesome as these ECW appearances were and as unique as they were, he did not make it to the December to Dismember pay-per-view. The First, last, and only ECW pay-per-view of the ECW on Sci-Fi run. The first, last, and only pay-per-view that WWE ever held in Augusta, Georgia, (laughs) our hometown. But man, what a crazy story. Maybe he could have saved it if he'd have been a part of it. But, you know, going into this show... It's legendary in our minds uh, for us because we were there. And because of the stories around it, uh, the story going into it, man, uh, we've talked about it here. We've been friends since middle school, both grew up in Augusta, Georgia. And, man, Augusta was pretty much a WCW town. You know, you know obviously Atlanta was WCW territory. I think I think they had some Clash of the Champions in Augusta. I don't know if they ever had, WCW ever did a pay-per-view from Augusta. Not in, the, not in the boom period, maybe in the early days. Yeah. Uh, I think they did some Clash of Champions there, maybe. Uh, but they, you know, WWE would do house shows there, 
never, never even a Raw or SmackDown or mm-hmm. They did some superstars tapings, uh, but never big shows in our arena. But we found out uh, whenever they announced it a couple months beforehand that the first ever ECW pay-per-view, December to December, was going to be from the James Brown Arena in Augusta, Georgia, the local hockey arena in Augusta. Dude, I had been dreaming about having a, a wrestling pay-per-view in our hometown my entire life as a wrestling fan, and I never, <laughs> ever, ever thought it would happen. So I didn't care what it was. Right. I knew we were going, man. Oh, without question, man. Yeah, I had, I had seen a – we both talked about on the show we have seen some house shows there, and you saw the freaking Toxic Turtles there oh yeah which is awesome in 93 was that 93 i think right. it was or two uh, i've seen a nitro thunder taping in 2000 we've covered that on here how you couldn't come because you had a d or something on your paper or whatever it was you weren't allowed to go with me but yeah never uh i mean the the, the idea that it was any pay-per-view coming from to our hometown was just this huge news man and i remember you calling me and telling me about it and um i remember specifically not having any money to pay for this because it was about <laughs> christmas time I was living in an apartment, uh, very poor college kid, and uh, didn't have hardly anything. And you said, I got you, I got you. And I said, okay, I'll pay you back. And I still think I owe you 13 years later, buddy. I don't know if I ever paid you back. Hopefully I, I don't even remember. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if anybody <laughs> paid me back for that one. But uh, it was, I didn't care, dude. It, we, we had to go to this, man. I mean, yes. the fact that it was ECW kind of made me more excited that it was going to be yeah. like historic like that. Something different. And yeah. we were fans of the ECW brand back then. We were huge. Huge, huge CM Punk fans. Yes. So getting to see him live, I mean, we're all about it. Um, so just a, a pay-per-view. I would have gone, I would have been excited to get a Raw or SmackDown, but to get a freaking oh, pay-per-view yeah. in our hometown was wild. Uh, again, you can see it when you watch the show. It is not a big arena. I mean, this is no. This is where we graduated high school uh, is in this right. arena. It's, it's <laughs> not, it's like, you know, 3,000 people, 4,000, maybe? I don't even know if it holds that much. But um, just it was crazy to think we are going to have a pay-per-view there. But uh, like I said, I knew we had to get tickets. So I it's the only time in my life I've ever done this. I went to the box office the day tickets went on sale, got there about two hours early. There were already some people camping out there. Maybe like 15 or 20 people like camped out at the box office. You know, like I said, Augusta starred for a pay-per-view bid, so uh, there were people already <laughs> waiting. But I got there. Yeah. I didn't want to miss it, man. Uh, and this was 2006, so it wasn't qu- – I mean, you could go online and get tickets, but it wasn't – you know, they didn't like go like yeah. that yeah. online, like a snap of your finger. But, man, I remember I wanted to get floor seats, but those were gone by the time I got up there. So I got uh, six seats right off the floor, that first level off the floor, which I always liked those seats anyway. Like you got better sight lines yep. towards things. Um, so I was excited for that. We weren't going to get our souvenir chairs, but we could at least have good That's visual true. of the show on there. And uh, ended up being me, you, uh, our buddy Josh, who we've talked about on the show, our buddy Chuck, um, I think we've talked about a couple times. Uh, friend Kirk from high school came in and great referee. Oh, he was a great referee. <laughs> um, and our buddy Jay was supposed to go, but 
he had something come up last minute, so my friend Brad that oh, went to I know what it was. It was his liver enzymes. Uh, elevated liver enzymes <laughs> couldn't make it. Yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> yeah, well, who's the other guy? Because I don't think I ever met him. No, yeah, no, I, I had six tickets, so I was just trying to yeah. find somebody. And uh, my buddy Brad that I went to church with, um, That's he was right. sort of a lapsed wrestling fan. Uh, but, I mean, he was excited about it. He was, well, he was all about it. He was excited. If you're going to get somebody back into it, what better way <laughs> to go to ECW December December? We were at an aisle number 113. Oh, you got a ticket. Uh, row G. I was in seat number nine, apparently. Yeah, I'm showing you here. I'll have it on our social media. So, yeah. Pretty crazy, man. Pretty crazy. Great uh, seats. I love that. You had a great job picking the seats, man. And as we're going to talk about here, we got some really cool interactions. Oh, we got real lucky seats. with those seats. <laughs> well, besides going to the box office to wait in line for tickets, you know, something that you were not able to come to, I believe, because yeah. of school. Uh, was a school or work i can't remember but yeah i missed it yeah that was this was so weird i i I, maybe they did this a couple times during this run wwe did but they held a live press conference the week of the pay-per-view on monday the middle of the day Mm -hmm. like 12 o'clock on monday for the ecw show i i think i heard about it like the night before on the Wrestling Observer website or something. So called up Josh. I mean, I called up you too. You obviously couldn't yeah, go. I couldn't but go. But me and Josh went. I'm pretty sure I skipped class to go to it. <laughs> but there was maybe like 75 people there that, in like a conference room uh, at the bottom of the arena. A uh, bunch of people lined up, had all the WWE cameras there. They were interviewing some of the fans there. And man, CM Punk, Kelly Kelly. Big Show, Test, The Hardy Boys, Paul Heyman, RVD. They were all there. It would lasted for maybe an hour. They all cut promos. Uh, they actually they aired some of this footage on Raw later that night that, mm-hmm. and, uh, and on the ECW show. Um, freaking Survivor Series was the night before. They flew those guys out to Augusta to be at that press conference. And then the Hardy Boys were on Raw later that night. Uh, That's crazy. He is wild. It's because, and I remember Matt Hardy had a swollen face, like a black eye from something he did at Survivor Series the night before, but he's still having to be there in Augusta to do this stupid press conference for 75 people <laughs> to get like five seconds of footage for for uh, Raw. That's crazy. Yeah, because they were in the, uh, they had clean swept the Survivor Series match, him and the Hardys and Punk or whatever. They did, yeah. Yeah. And they ended, Their reward was getting to go to Augusta, Georgia for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Oh, man. Well, but yeah, I'm sad because the story you're about to tell is one of my favorites of our <laughs> any story we have together. And <laughs> I am so sad I wasn't there. But I laughed to this day as hard as I laughed when you told me about this. So please, I'll stand back while you just tell us your interactions with somebody well, I, important. I don't know if it's as funny all these years later if you weren't there, but uh, oh, it's funny. Me and Josh, we were being, we were, in, we were, you know, twenty years old, being loud and obnoxious uh, during this press conference. Uh, you know, we were chanting. We were, uh, Josh, Josh is one of the funniest guys you and I have ever met. He's a lot more, uh, a lot more rambunctious and outgoing with some of his comments that than I think either one of 
us sure. are. Uh, and he's a great instigator. So he was yelling ridiculous stuff um, and almost getting us kicked out of this press conference. Just <laughs> interrupting uh, Big Show and Test during their promos. We kept yelling out. Our favorite thing to say was that Test was a tool. Uh, yeah. And that'll come into play later on. We kept just <laughs> interrupting him as he was trying to talk. And he literally said on the mic, if you guys don't shut up, I'm going to kick you guys out of here. Um, which was great. It was just, that's all we wanted to hear. Um, so we let getting heat, baby. Getting heat. I loved it. But he was so <laughs> legit pissed off because we would not let him finish a sentence. Because <laughs> the to thing is, like, they're trying to do these press conferences like – as we've been going through 2006, they've done them for almost every big show. They, they show a little clip of it during Raw or SmackDown. So they were trying to make it like it's an actual sport or something, you know. And they do one nowadays for WrestleMania. That's about it. You know, maybe a couple big shows. But they were trying to take this really seriously and make it like for the press and for like, you know, they had the newspapers there, the news uh, footage and stuff like that. And you guys are just sandbagging them. <laughs> just like just heckling them the heck out of them, just saying things and crowd calling and chanting. And, uh, you know, it's more ammunition for us to yell at him later on. So, Oh, man, we were so obnoxious, but we, we <laughs> thought we were hilarious. I don't know if we really were. I'd love to see the raw footage of that. But um, anyway, we did the same thing for Big Show as he came out. And Big Show, bless his heart, man, he looked like he wanted to be any el- anywhere else in the world than – I guess, to Georgia on a Monday morning after he worked pay-per-view the night before, which I can't blame him. So well, Maybe he wanted to be down the street, his hometown. That's right, man. He was just 45 minutes down the road in Aiken. Are you from Aiken? <laughs> um, well, we did the same thing for him, and he finally was not having it and yelled out to me. Uh, <laughs> and back in this day, I had really shaggy hair. Uh much longer and, and bushier, basically like a helmet on my head during this time. Um, you know, thought I looked cool back then. Helmets. Yeah, sure. You know, typical 20-year-old douchey haircut. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's... <laughs> I don't even remember exactly how he said it, but... Uh, <laughs> he pointed at you. Your words were he pointed at you and he said, Hey, you, little Dutch boy. <laughs> And man, I, I had nothing. I had no comeback for that, dude. I, I He won that interaction. <laughs> he said something like, hey, you little Dutch boy, if you don't shut up, I'm going to take you out of here. So I don't exactly. know. But yeah. Oh, man. And those of you who don't know the Dutch boy, just tell them who that is. Um, this is a little Dutch boy on paint can. little kid with the same haircut as me, man. Yeah. I, I basically saw it. I basically called you out. Sunk down in my chair after that one, man. He, he won that interaction. Can we eat you for lunch? <laughs> oh, man. I was ready to go, though. Um, one of the highlights of my wrestling fandom right there. That's one of the highlights of my life, and I wasn't even there. I just got to hear about it. I was so jealous that I wasn't there for that. Well, you can imagine the hype level after that press conference, man. We were ready to go. Uh, we actually got little souvenir posters that we got to take home. Mm-hmm. Mine is still framed uh, in my office where I usually record the podcast from, right next to me. Uh, I'll throw a picture of that up on social media. Um, it's probably the only person in the world with a ECW December to December poster framed in their office, but I'll <laughs> never forget it. Um, and so, man, we kept counting down the hours until Sunday, December 3rd, 
Uh, I remember I was at a church conference in Charlotte, North Carolina, and drove back uh, just in time to go to the pay-per-view that night to meet everybody at your apartment where we started getting ready for the show. Yeah, we got it. We're at my apartment. We were getting all marked up. Like, I mean, like literally wrist tape on our arms. We talked about how we were huge CM Punk fans. Um, put the X's on our on our uh, you know wrist just like he did. Um, got this great picture we'll put online if it's not already on there of us posing. Uh, you know, got our signs made, which one of our signs said. Uh, one side said, "Test is a tool." <laughs> 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 we hated that guy, man. So much. Tess. And the other one, the other side said, uh, "What does it say, Stevie?" Stevie Richards Steve, is balling. Stevie Richards is balling. That's it. Yeah, Stevie Richards is balling because we, we love, love some that Stevie. guy. Again, that's that's kind of my gimmick here on the show, but it's been my gimmick in real life too. Love Stevie Richards. So great guy. It was good to see him on the show. But um, yeah, we're getting all marked up and just ready to go and hyped up. And, I don't even remember if we ate food or not. We just went down. We were ready to head down there and, and go to the show. Well, we also had a respect the unexpected sign. I believe we did as well. That's true. Our wrestling our, gimmick. Yeah, me, you, and, and Josh. Our, our triple threat tag team was the unexpected. So we it's purposely misspelled. So if those of you see it, and don't call us out on that. No, yeah, that was on purpose. Yeah. Um, we got to the show. I bought a CM Punk T-shirt, man, uh, and put it on right there at the show and you <laughs> bought a t-shirt for the event that had the event poster on there with sandman's fist coming out of the chimney of the house with the cane uh, on there yeah. and that was the first time we found out the card of the show we were attending because it was printed on the back of the t-shirt and the only things that had been announced on tv for this pay-per-view were the main event and a match between the Hardy Boys and Eminem. Uh, so we found out what else we were seeing as soon as you purchased the T-shirt. And I think that that Hardy Boys match was made on like the show before, like on on Sci-Fi. Yes. Like it was yes. like just made. So yeah, we had no idea what else was going on. Was cooking. And I'll be honest with you, man. I do not remember where this shirt has ever gone. Like I don't, I don't know where this shirt is in my collection of shirts. I have no idea. I don't know what has happened to it. So I think you gave it away. After all the Chris Benoit stuff. Oh, maybe I did. That would make sense. I know. I gave my CM Punk shirt away during that time. Yeah. So, well, there you go. Curse you. I could have had this. (laughs) (laughs) Benoit. But anyway, yeah, you're right. What a strange way to find out the the goings-on of the evening from the back of a T-shirt. I mean, they they didn't just print these that day, you don't think, right? I mean, they they had it. Maybe they did. Or maybe they did. The Green Street T-shirt press or something downtown. (laughs) had them printed, but. Yeah, anyway, I mean, it's, it's um, Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly versus Kevin Thorne and Ariel. And- well, hold on, hold on. Let's go through it. Let's, let's, let's just go through it match by match. Let's okay. Let's go through the order of the show. Um, we uh, uh, First of all, don't forget the dark match. Man, that was that was one of the highlights. It was Stevie Richards. Stevie Richards balling Stevie Richards against Rene Dupree. Mm. <laughs> yeah, extreme icon, Rene Dupree, man. But I'll tell you what, it did a dark match job. It hyped us up when we got uh, here. I'll show you. You'll see. Yeah, got me ready, man. I love Steve Richards. So, yeah, getting to see him live and in person was awesome because I can't remember. I don't know if he was at the Raw I was at with the uh, Invasion or not. But anyway, yeah, this might have been my first only time to see Steve Richards or my first time to see him. 
So, yeah, I was definitely excited about that. So that was fun. But, yeah, he, what's next on the card? He pointed out our sign as well. He did. I, I thought yeah. he was going to come over to us. He, like, I know. started to go through the crowd when he left. I thought he was going to come get our sign, but I, I know he saw it. He definitely oh, pointed yeah. at it. And, of course, we're marking out for ourselves oh, at that point. Yeah. Like, he saw our sign. <laughs> <laughs> so well, cool. He picked up the win against Rene Dupree, and then the – Card opened with Hardy Boys defeating Eminem, which was, I mean, that it's, was match of the night. Oh, yeah. It's like 25 minutes of awesome tag team wrestling. And it was, again, the Hardy Boys were technically on different shows, but they had come together for this Survivor Series thing and then for this, and they had reunited a couple times on uh, on the various shows they were on. But, yeah, this was supposed to be like a one night only, the Hardy Boys coming together. And then, of course, we'll know that I think a couple weeks from now is Armageddon and they'll actually tag, be in a tag team ladder match. But I digress. Um, you know, it was cool to see them. This was when Jeff Hardy had that weird, like, predator braids in his hair. And he looked <laughs> yeah. really awkward. But, like, again, this match was, man, this was stellar. It was a very, very good match. That's a great match, man. We're feeling good at this point. <clears throat> Stevie Richards in the dark match. Got to see that awesome tag team match. Then they sort of go off a cliff here with the rest of the show. Uh, although our boy Balls Mahoney picks up a win over Matt Stryker in a Strikers Rules match. <clears throat> Nothing yep. to write home about there. Uh, you got Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkai against Little Guido, uh, one of our favorites on Dude. the show. And love Tony Guido. Mamaluke and Trinity. Yeah, I love uh, – I, I really liked Elijah Burke's character. I liked him at the time. I could not, I could not stand Turkey or whatever is it, Turkai, Turgo away, man. I think I was terrible. He was terrible. <laughs> Sorry, Mike Adamley slipped in on me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we did not like Davari and Great Khali, but here they are <sighs> uh, defeating Tommy Dreamer on this ECW pay-per-view. Of course Tommy Dreamer has to lose. That's, yes. that's his job. Oh, yeah. That's probably Vince's one mandate. Like, Tommy's losing tonight. <laughs> yeah, and, that was sad. And, uh, you know, the show's kind of kind of a drag at this point. Uh, picks up a little bit, though, because we see Ariel and Kevin Thorne against Kelly Kelly and Mike Knox. They get the win, Ariel and Kevin Thorne, though. But I don't know if I've ever had a crush on somebody in wrestling as much as I had a crush on Kelly Kelly. So getting to see her come out and... <laughs> Getting to uh, stare at her on her side of the ring, uh, that was a, that was a thumbs up for me. Uh, we were on the right side of the ring for that night. If you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I don't think you ever hated anybody except for IRS as much as you hate Mike Knox, though. So, oh man. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, but I tell you what, man, it was fun to see that interaction. And I again, Mike Knox is what he is, but I appreciate them trying something with him and with Kevin Thorne. So I wasn't as down on this stuff as as uh, some people in the arena were but I was that throughout the night we'd seen that uh it was sabu was taken out backstage right during some of this and he was supposed to be in the main event and uh he got taken out backstage blindsided by somebody and then they can't he gets taken away in an ambulance and rvd his his pal is like you know it's okay well you know i'll, I'll do this for you and yada yada and then uh paul Heyman is going to invite bob holly to take the place of uh Sabu in the main event so that was a little deflating I remember that happening during the match and we were just like we are so excited to see Punk Sabu and RVD in this match this extreme elimination chamber which there hadn't been but a handful of those at the time 
And this was going to be extreme with weapons. So you need somebody crazy like Sabu to do some stupid stuff in there. But um, that was not. That was all for naught because it's going to be replaced by Mr. I got an idea. Give me the title. Yeah, that was a bad sign. And I, I was watching some of the show earlier tonight and it went, that first segment where Sabu gets put on the stretcher and put in the ambulance, they come mm-hmm. back to the arena and they're chanting, bull. Yeah. Bleep, I, you know, that's all it was, dude. It, it, it was BS that they yeah. were taking Sabu out of the main event. We thought maybe he was hurt. Maybe he failed a drug test again or something. We didn't know what right. was going on, but really he was all just, that was the booking. They wanted yeah. to get hardcore Ollie in there and get more heat during this match, which was just mind-boggling. Again, we still had hopes for ECW. We still mm-hmm. were holding on to some of those last gaps, but WWE just wanted to murder it. <laughs> but we did get one final gasp of true ECWism after that Kelly Kelly Mike Knox match. Travis, tell tell everybody about the highlight of the show, in my opinion. Forget that tag team match. This was our highlight. Oh, this is where the Sandman's co- comes out. So, what was he even coming out for? I don't even remember Came what he comes out for. Murder Mike Knox with a kendo that's stick. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he <laughs> comes Singapore out. Cane. Singapore cane, kendo stick, whatever. He comes out. His music's hitting, and it's it's an off-brand, you know, whatever his music was at that point. But this guy, Hack, comes down. Aisle, what I say, we're in aisle one thirteen. He comes down aisle one thirteen, right next to us, and he's standing next to us, and we're all just, yeah, just fist pumping and jacked, you know, excited about it. And this dude grabs his beers out of his pocket and slams them against his head and guzzles them, and is getting beer all over. Mainly our friend Chuck, who's with us. He's getting doused in it. We're getting a little bit remnants of it, but Chuck is getting doused in it. And when the camera zooms in, you can see us there um, on it. Mainly, I think Chuck and Kirk in it, and you're yeah. in it really good there. No, um, it's really just Chuck and Kirk. It's Chuck and Kirk, actually, I think, yeah. yeah. But uh, they are right next to Sandman and just getting covered in it. And just, again, taking us back nine or ten years, I mean, it's just we're just little marks just excited to see the Sandman. He's right there, man. We can touch him, literally touch him. And, uh, yeah, he comes right there. And that was the highlight of the night, probably. So. Dude, I've been to three WrestleManias. I've seen some incredible moments at Raw's and SmackDown's live. I don't know if I've ever been more excited as a wrestling fan than when the Sandman stopped <laughs> right next to us, cracked his beer open, poured his beer all over all of us i mean like you said chuck and kirk are on the aisle and if you watch this up back on the network they're two guys whose faces are just right pumped as you see yeah i got some good pictures i don't know how i was able to pull my camera out because i I didn't have a camera phone but i was using like a real camera but i I got some pretty awesome shots of sandman i was lucky enough to get that but Dude, I honestly don't know if I've ever been as excited at a wrestling show as when the Sandman stopped and cracked his beer open and spilled it all over us, man. I, it was it saved the show, in my opinion, uh, up to that point. Oh, it was a good oh, time, man. It was, it's definitely a highlight of my wrestling fandom, just so seeing good. Sandman that close. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and just seeing seeing how it like, I don't know if Chuck had ever been to a show either. You know, man, He may have been to a house show. Like, so seeing our friend get so hype about it too you know just 
being that close to a wrestler because we had been to several shows before him and seeing our, our little buddy you know get so excited about it was was really cool for me and and you too just to him be a part of that so that was neat but and it was so, so unexpected yeah. like we had yeah, no exactly. idea yeah. he, he could have come down any aisle in that arena yeah we literally had no idea he would come down the one next to us so just us yeah. getting that lucky and that he stopped well, on our row on our row opened yeah. his beer up I well because on my t-shirt it said hardcore holly versus sandman that was supposed to be a match, and then Hawk Raleigh got taken out. I got and so like we didn't weren't sure if we we're going to see him at all. Right. But yeah, out of all of the aisles there, he stops next to us, and it was just it was awesome, man. It was awesome. Well, I don't know if "awesome" is the right word to describe this main event, but that's where we've gotten in the show. And you know, like we said, we're going to do this watch along style, just a little something extra for you guys. Consider it a Christmas present of sorts. We've done watch alongs for uh, some of the Royal Rumbles, and uh, we did one for Undertaker Mankind Hell in a Cell. So this will be a little bit of a change of pace, but uh, this is the main event of ECW December to Dismember. We were there for it live. We're going to relive it for you guys. We're going to do running commentary over this match. Uh, we encourage you guys to watch along with us, but if you want to, don't want to subject your eyes to the torture of that, you can just listen, and hopefully we'll keep it entertaining. It is. And stay tuned for the end, because we're going to tell some more stories after this match is over. So that's a little cliffhanger there. Stay, stay tuned to the end. Yes, we Because our night was not over. Our night was not over <laughs> after the show. We had some... Incredible interaction with some of the stars of the show after the pay-per-view was over. So we'll keep it in chronological order. We'll share those stories after the match. But you can pull us up on the WWE Network. It is going to be at 1 hour, 35 minutes, 24 seconds. Basically, if you are on like Apple TV or Amazon or Roku, it, just pick the chapter that has the first ever Extreme Elimination Chamber match. Hit play on that, and it should be right at 135.24. Uh, I've got a shot of just the chain length of the Elimination Chamber on there. Um, so we'll get into the entrances and all that sort of stuff, and we'll do commentary on there. Uh, hit pause on us if you need to pull that up. Once again, the timestamp is 135.24, or you can just go ahead and go to that Extreme Elimination Chamber match chapter on the WWE Network. And, man, Travis, why don't you give us an extreme countdown to tell us when to hit play. All right, I'll do three, two, one, play, and then we'll, we'll go on play. So everybody get your, get your fingers ready. All right, three, two, one, play. Here we All go. Right. Got the blue lights flashing on there. Guys, well, I think I see a chair hanging. Because remember, this is extreme. There's the crowds on their seat, not their feet. Not thrilled yet. <laughs> Look at him, arms crossed, arms crossed. This is a bad shot of Augusta. <laughs> that but, guy's got uh, two thumbs. Sadly representative there. As we see the SRP, uh, Federal Credit Union logo in the background. <laughs> they brought this entire apparatus to Augusta, Georgia Bro. to hang. I got to tell you, uh, oh. I mean, I was just amazed at this set when we came. I, yeah. still, I still think the set itself yeah. is pretty freaking awesome. And just that they fit this giant set into our little hometown arena. Like, yeah, I know. I can't put over enough what a tiny arena this is. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they, we had a WWE pay-per-view there. As we see the it's rules crazy. on the screen now. 
Yeah, so again, the, the, the ECW title is vacant. I do not remember why, because we're not in chronological order here, but it's vacant, and so the last remaining member of this match will become the ECW champion. Uh, when the pod opens like a normal like a normal elimination chamber, not only will a superstar, a wrestler be, or extremist be released, also a weapon that's in his pod as well. So we just saw some highlights of the weapons. There's a crowbar, um, a table, a chair, a barbed wire baseball bat, and I guess that's it, huh? That's, that's four it. fives? Yeah, those are the four weapons, and uh, yeah, just, I remember the sight lines being awful for this one. Yeah. I mean, we talked about the Punjabi prison sight lines being terrible, but uh, I think... Okay, the, never mind, there's ECW champion right there. I thought it was vacant. <laughs> oh, okay, well, scratch that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the table being in the corner of one of the pods was made it very difficult to see into the chamber in there. They yes. did not think about that all that well. Scratch everything I said about a vacant title. <laughs> I thought it was vacant and Big Show had lost it or whatever. Well, again, this is going to be, uh, if you'll remember, Big Show. Look at that tiny title on his shoulder, though. It, I know, almost as small as it was on Kane. But yeah. This is Big Show Swan Song and on the ECW brand. Um, I believe he competes His too. the next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, Paul Heyman's as well. Uh, but this is, man, he's going to go away until WrestleMania 24, almost a year and a half later. There's Mickey J, the referee. Yeah, he leaves for like a year from the company and starts training in boxing and all that stuff, right? And he comes back. So. Loses a lot of it's weight. The only, yeah, only year he was not technically part of the company there's paul Heyman applauding on the outside so yeah, yeah he's sure. eyeing the structure he is very swollen here yeah oh man he is it, this might be the biggest he ever was i feel like we keep saying that because every time we see him he's bigger and bigger than he right? was last time we saw him yeah so he's got ooh barbed wire baseball bat in his and he's showing the crowd now he's touching the barbed wire like an idiot <laughs> And they're just milking this to sell time because at this point, this pay-per-view has only been on for an hour and 38 minutes. Um, and it's supposed to be a three-hour pay-per-view or two hours and 45 minutes. And so we're an hour and a half into it, and uh, we're getting our main event already. And one thing we failed to mention is that before this paper, before this match started, Paul Heyman comes out for like a five-minute promo, just, again, killing more time uh, on this show. Thank you for bringing all that up because that's an important <clears throat> part other piece of why this is such a disaster it's not just the match itself it's just the whole organization of this show it's what how many matches did we just talk about there's only six matches before this and yeah main events going on at 9 30 so we're thinking oh man this is going to be like hour plus match it's going to be there's chris wiggins what are going to do (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah good friend of ours uh from middle school high school uh independent wrestling referee chris wiggins former independent wrestler there you go so this was a treat for you and i getting to see cm punk live because like i mentioned here big fans is couldn't wait for him to come to ecw loved his vignettes really i went back and watched a lot of his stuff again this is the infancy of youtube and stuff like that but watched his his series of matches with with punk uh i mean with dan excuse me with um joe 
I, he's he's enthralled me now. Yeah, he is punk. <laughs> it, with with Joe uh, in Ring of Honor, all his stuff, his matches with Aries and, and Jamie Noble, and just all that stuff. Man, it just I loved loved seeing Punk. Man, he was great. I was a big fan of his. Yeah, like like you said, we taped our fists like his for this night. Uh, we, you know, I I don't know about you, man, but I really thought in my heart of hearts. Punk was winning the title of the night. Yes. I know Bobby yes, Lashley we, was getting the push, but I thought they were going to do the right thing and yes. have CM Punk go over because he was so over. Yep. I mean, this crowd loves him. And they, he was the hottest part of ECW. I thought mm-hmm. surely they would come to their senses. I, I don't know why I honestly believe that, but I did. <laughs> well, and up to this point, he hadn't lost a match mm. on ECW television at all. He, this was He's undefeated. So that was a big thing too. It's like usually that's going to lead to something, and uh, yeah, you're right. It was just especially because of how the rest of the show's gone. We're like, surely they're going to give us like a send a crowd home happy type thing. Like let's just do the right thing, you know. But CM Punk's got a chair in his pod for those of you who aren't actually watching along with us. But he is on the opposite corner from where we are, so we can we can't really see him. And there he is, the man <laughs> the we had signed for. Tool. <laughs> Test. A uh, massive, a guy. Massive. Look how big he is. Oh, he is juiced to the gills. Uh, and you know, we've covered him on the show a few times. Uh, Paul Heyman's happy to see him, uh, but he is freshly oiled. And you know, I, I've come around on him a bit. I, I, I think he was, he did some things good. Uh, but God, dude, I hated him being an ECW. It was just like. I was tired of him. I was done with him. He was uh, nothing special at this point, you know? Yeah. Oh, you're right, man. But then I th- I'm thinking right now, just off the top of my brain, like, what else would he have done in, the, in WWE? <laughs> like, <laughs> he wouldn't be incredible anywhere. So, like, you know, but, yeah, you're right. I hated that he was taking up a roster spot on ECW, and I'm wanting to see guys like Punk and Sabu and even Elijah Burke and stuff like that, these, these new younger talents. And I'm like, okay, so this is the guy who couldn't get over in the Attitude Era that we're bringing back to give a big push. Like, come on. I didn't want to see that, you know? Yeah, he's on like his eighth chance getting a major push at this point. Yeah. As he goes for the crowbar. Uh, I wish he'd had crowbar in his pod. Oh, yeah. Dev Superstar. Yeah, that would have been exciting. Great. I love how everybody's just milking it. They could bring their weapon out, show it to the crowd, and then go back in. Yeah. Because it's just like, we've got to eat time up, guys. (laughs) This show is so short on time already. Is that Scott Armstrong, referee? Yep. Yeah, man. Armstrong, Cone, Mickey J, all out there. The who's who of referees. <laughs> I think one problem I had with Tess was his, was his eyebrow ring. Yeah, too. not a fan of that. But nothing against eyebrow rings, just Tess having one was the problem. Right, it was a bad combination. Yeah. All right, who's coming out next? Oh, the man. Miss Mr. Ma- Lana himself, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> he looks exactly the same. It has been thirteen years, almost well past to the day, well, more than thirteen years since this match, and Bobby Lashley looks identical to himself. Everybody's doing the decade challenge. He could do the decade and a third challenge, and he still looks the same. <laughs> and so does uh, Daniel Bryan, for that matter. Now that he's come back with short hair. <laughs> Paul Heyman kind of does too. Oh, he's got no ponytail, though, and he's three times that size. <laughs> Man, wh- how would you describe Bobby Lashley during this time, 
That's how you and I thought about him. I mean, honestly, yeah, not a I, fan. Boring. Yeah, boring. Uh, just a succubus of charisma. Like, just sucks the wind out of the room when he walks in. I mean, he's a specimen, no doubt. Like, look at right. him. But, like, that does not do it for me, man. I just don't get it. And here he is. I'm about to hate him even more because he gets in this thing with the table behind him, and we are sitting directly behind that, and we cannot see yep. this giant table. Is standing up, and sooner or later, we're going to start chanting, "Move that table!" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Move the table. I mean, what a bad position for that table. Oh, yeah. there's our sign. You see our sign? I do. Test is a tool. Test is a tool right there. Steve Richards is balling. <laughs> you saw it. I wonder if he could see it. Oh, you know he he's saw staring it. right at it. Yep. He he, th- he thought he said test has a tool because he's got a crowbar in his hand. So mm. he was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're talking about." <laughs> Core Holly. <laughs> oh, good old Core Holly. <laughs> Member of the core. Because <laughs> it get any worse. <laughs> I'll tell you um, what, though. I, I don't remember if it was before this or after this, but that match he had with yep. Rob Van Dam on ECW where his back gets sliced open, I I became a huge Core Holly fan yep. after that. I will never forget that match. And it's just like a... Random match on an episode of East Day, but I will never forget watching that match and just being blown away by it. And because it was live at that point, it, it wasn't was. taped, yeah. you know, so his back just cut in half. And oh man, you it was great. The match. Finished the match, but yeah, that match was great. And you can see the scar on his back right now. I think it must have been before this. So, um, yes, yeah, he on the left side there, his scar, yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, but this was like it was like he wasn't even advertised for this match. This should be Sabu. So, we're already like, dude. Come on, man. Again, I got a lot of respect for him after that RVD match. But, you know, I wanted this to be Sabu. Well, you know, as much as we love CM Punk, there is only one ECW guy in this six-person match. <laughs> and here That's he comes. what pissed us off. <laughs> yeah. Man. Like, RVD and Sabu would have been awesome. I mean, I don't, to this day, I don't think I've ever seen Sabu live. I'm pretty sure, um, and this would have been like the best opportunity to do it, and so we were robbed of that, and got hardcore Holly as a replacement. Uh, mm-hmm. But at least we got this guy. At least we got Mister Yeah Monday Night, Mister Sunday Night here. <laughs> Sunday Night in Augusta, uh, yeah. Sunday Night in Augusta, yeah. Now this is uh, RVD. It's always just always a fan of his, man. He's just great. I, I tell you what, I don't watch Impact nowadays, but I'm, I I do watch some highlights of what he does on the show. It's pretty entertaining, man. His character right now is just old, washed-up wrestler that hates all the young guys and makes fun of them, and <laughs> he's like too cool for everybody. He's got like his porn star girlfriend with him. Oh, so he's yeah. just such a he's such a like he's like a. It's almost like what's old is or what's old is new again because he's kind of like the old RVD with Bill Alfonso, but now he's got a porn stars yeah his uh his character on twitter is pretty great too he basically does the same thing with his uh two girlfriends oh there you go or maybe one's his wife one's his girlfriend i don't know but so here we go five minute countdown we're gonna see rvd and hardcore holly wrestle for five minutes who booked this (laughs) well Let's get into that. Funny story. I see Chuck on the end there sitting. Um, funny story. Um, so apparently this is this whole pay-per-view, this night, was the, the straw that broke the camel's back for 
um, Paul Heyman in, EC, in WWE, and he would be gone for, well, almost almost six years, five and a half years. He came back with Lesnar, right, in 2012? Right. So, yeah, he had this whole thing booked. It was supposed to have, you know, kind of created control, and Vince didn't like it. And, you know, it, I think he goes on about this on his, his DVD, and we've heard various stories over the years. But, you know, long story short, um, Vince basically – got a clean slate and, and, and wiped away all of his creative ideas and made the match go this way because he wanted Bobby Lashley to be the champion and yada, yada. Obviously, we know how Heyman was pushing for Punk. Um, and, you know, but this was the the final straw that broke the camel's back. And, you know, JR always says that he used to tell Paul Heyman, you know, not to die on these hills, these creative hills. But this was one he was, he was going to go die on. And Vince basically just dismissed him and he left and he's gone for five and a half years. So... Yeah, I believe Heyman has said that his idea was having Punk and Big Show start off the match yes. against each other. And like you said, Punk was undefeated at that time. Big Show had been ECW champion for like six months. And he was just going to have Punk basically squash Big Show during this first five-minute mm-hmm. section and tap him out before that period was even over. And then have Punk end up victorious winning that ECW title and just make him yep. a huge star by having him destroy the monster in, in under five yep. minutes, which would have been incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it would have guaranteed a brand new champion too, because if big show is the champion again, as I mistakenly said, it was vacant. It wasn't, he was the champion coming in. And if you get him out first, it would have guaranteed a new champ. Big show in the back there with his back turned to the ring. <laughs> Looking out at the audience. Probably flirting with somebody out there in the crowd. Probably some girl from Aiken. <laughs> well, what do you, I mean, what do you think RVD's uh, gear here? Uh, I think it looks wonderful. Oh, that's looks pretty, like, pretty uh, nice. Yeah, it's always good, always nice and airbrushed. But they're doing some some big hits out there on the outside, you know, on that chain link and uh, on that grating, which just looks so painful. But oh, yeah. This Bob is that original Elimination Chamber, not the new one that they've got now and – I mean, to a man, you ever hear anybody talk about Illumination Chambers, everybody says they hated it. Just yeah. bumping on this thing, on that steel, and on the chain was the absolute worst. And I, I can't imagine they're wrong about that. Oh, yeah, no doubt. It looks terrible to, to bump around on. And the good thing about Illumination Chamber is that you know you're going to get a lengthy match because, you know, there's five-minute intervals or whatever. Oh, Rolling Thunder. <gasps> Over the top rope oh, yeah. onto the grate. That was nasty. Oh, man, it looks like it hurt for real. But it's like you know you're going to get a lengthy match, but part of the problem with Elimination Chamber, like any match like this or War Games, is that you know the end is – you don't have a lot of drama until the end. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. Sometimes people – like the crowd – we're having a blast with the crowd. Some of them are sitting on their hands as they know the end's not going to come out of nowhere. you got to get all five guys or all six guys in the ring, so – it is tough to do. Uh, war games, to me, I mean, war games is always better because you've got sort of like a guaranteed high spot yeah. every time and guaranteed heat section in there when you've got the mismatches and all that. And, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how do you feel about Elimination Chamber just in general? Because to me, uh, they're usually good, but I don't know if there's if I can pick out like a great Elimination Chamber match. Like it never like gets to five stars to me. I mean, there's enough action to keep you entertained, but it's never like awesome. 
I love the first one just because it's the first. Um, I like the second one too, just because of nostalgia. And I tell you what, the ending. I don't remember what year that was, 2010 or nine. The the end of it was Edge and Ray for like 15 minutes, like after everybody else was eliminated. Yeah, it was, that uh, was 2011. Was Eleven, right, right before yeah, we went that's to right. WrestleMania. That one, that the ending of that one is excellent. I to remember me. that. That was great. All right, we got five seconds left. Who's coming in? The crowd's chanting. Crowd's counting down. Got our first pod gonna open. Let's see who it is. We got the crazy little lights. The GoPro camera shot here. <laughs> Who's it gonna fish eye? Sadly, oh, it's CM Punk. So again, crowd is hot. Oh, we got RVD and CM that. Punk. He's got taking... that chair. <laughs> it's Holly in the head. Why not? Spring, springboard clothesline <laughs> on RVD, that which yeah. we don't even care because it's two of our favorites, but we love CM Punk in there. He's telling off test, which we wanted to do. We're living vicariously through him. Ooh. And like, come on. Ooh. This guy has so much presence. So much more than Bobby Lashley. Like, yeah. And I mean, nothing against Bobby Lashley is just it's too much too soon for him. Yep. All those guys just getting shoved down your throat. I mean, if they, you know, waited a year or two and like moved him up a little bit slower, we could might have been a real big fan. He had a ton of potential, but just Ooh. not yet. Yeah, that was an ugly monkey flip on that chair, but <laughs> it is where it is. You know what's weird is like what they did with Bobby Lashley is what they should have done with Braun Strowman, mm. but they did not do it, and now mm. I think it's hurt Braun Strowman in the long run because once he finally does get the title, it's not going to matter as much <laughs> as it did two years ago. Some uh, sloppy sequencing there from Punk and RVD, but whatever. Yeah, a springboard lion, lion salt kick thing to Harker Holly. Holly's like, I'm too old for this crap. <laughs> you think uh, Harker Holly's a Hall of Famer? Uh, I think he'll be one of those like, just add-on ones that they put in. I don't mm-hmm. think he'll get a speech. He'll just be like, oh, you know, also going in and name like 15 people at a time. It'll be Harker Holly. I think he'll be one of those. He had like a Ooh. 12-year run, man. I know. RVD's busted open. He is. All right. Punk's going to take him. Ooh, throws RVD's head straight through the chair. Ooh, was... he is really busted <laughs> open. Sandwiched him right in that chair. <gasps> oh, man. Oh, man. He should be dead. <sighs> oh, no. Punk. Getting thrown into nice the catch from Holly. Yeah, it's, it slams him into that cage. Oh man, that's terrible. Going to go for pinfall on the outside, which apparently is a thing. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Kind of changes with the like we talked about Hell in like, Cell. The, match, the like rules kind of change. Yeah. yeah, and uh, we of course well, this is our first elimination chamber we've ever covered. We'll get to Undertaker yeah. in a few of those as we go on through the years of the podcast. Uh, but yeah. We have not had a chance to cover one of these yet. Lot, look at all the CM Punk signs just in this view. You know, just like three or four of them back there. And then just when they showed the bigger, you know, the whole arena, it's just, he's got more signs there than anybody. And I mean, that's something we talk about on the show, man. Like, you can choose which t shirts you sell out there uh, at the merch stand, but you can't force anybody to bring signs out to the arena. And that shows you right. who the fans are really care about. I don't exactly. see one Bobby Lashley sign out there. Nope. 
Can you tell we're nope. still bitter about this 13 years later? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sound like, sound like the old guys from uh, uh, Sattler and Waldorf. Oh, from my gosh. Muppets. <laughs> so, uh, just like, this is the night it should have been punk crowned, you know? It's just, uh, I don't know. A year later, he's, you know, supposed to get it too. And then, thank God, I mean, Benoit ruins that, so. Johnny Nitro gets it instead, so yeah, it's just he was just snake bit, man. He does yeah. finally win the ECW title, and yeah, ended up doing okay for himself. Oh yeah, we'll see He's if he makes on... a comeback. You think he'll be in the ring again ever? Ever, yes, but yeah. I don't think it'll be. I'd be surprised if it's the next, if it's before Mania. I don't yeah. think he'll be back before Mania. I think it'd be, if anything, the next Mania. Honestly. There's always a dollar amount, you know? Oh, yeah. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> Harper, Harper Holly going with a up superplex? Really wobbly superplex. <laughs> oh! Punk is in pain. RVD's crawling over. <laughs> like a hyena. Yeah, it looks like it hurt. The scraps. Oh, man. Referee Mickey J is just awesome in there. Yeah, a little, uh, this match is a little sloppy so far, I would say. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, losing you a little bit. What'd you say there? Oh, I was like, can you imagine if it had Sabu in it instead? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe it's for the best. <laughs> yeah, maybe Vince was on to something, taking him out. Oh, man. Anyway. Oh, We're about to get to go. our next. But, but isn't it weird? You got your, the three best wrestlers are in there, like as far as in-ring technicians are in there to start the match off, you know? Your best action is coming. It's all front-loaded. Well, that's probably for the best, thinking they can carry this thing. You don't necessarily yeah, want to see a big up. show in there for 45 minutes. Oh, no. Oh, crowbar to the gut from Test, right, <laughs> to see him punk. Ooh. I mean, you got all these classic weapons. The chair, the table, the barbed wire bat. And the crowbar. Yeah. <laughs> when has that ever been exciting in a wrestling match? Right. Crowbar. Well, he is really dude, taking it to RVD. You couldn't put a ladder in there, or like a Triple H sledgehammer, or light bulb too. Singapore cane. Yeah. Flamethrower. Really doing work with that tool there. Um, Flamethrower would have been fun. He knows his way around a tool. We all know that. It's too, what if he said, it's tool time? Oh. Punk with a stunner. What if, oh, oh very Undertaker-like. Little, uh, yeah. Ring rope stunner. Uh, what if Test had the bouquet of roses that you could pull out from under the ring on, on No Mercy? No. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Guerrero's rose yeah. bouquet. RVD looks like he's really hurting. He, yeah, or he's just selling like a wobbly wobbly legs. He's got those educated Ooh. feet. He does. Going to town with his chair. I thought you just hit the referee. You hit Bob Holly, though. <laughs> He's holding it up. Again, we our, our view is obstructed because of this stupid table. Ooh, Always punk. loved that move. Yeah. And RVD is Great. real busted open, too. Yeah, he is a bloody mess. But going up top with the five-star. Oh, you know when that happens. Look at the crowd. Look at the crowd. 
they're up. And man, it, we could not believe it. Not only, not only did CM Punk lose, but he's the first one out when two guys haven't even come into the match yet. Exactly. Imagine even halfway over. There's been so many elimination chamber matches where no one gets eliminated early on. It just right. goes. And was Tess just did he just eliminate Holly? Was that a three count? Yes. Now Holly's yeah. out too. Like we're just flabbergasted at this point. Yeah, I mean, because not only did was Punk eliminated, he's eliminated by the other best guy in the match, like yeah. RVD. You know, like it's like you don't take your two big baby faces and have one eliminate him. Ooh, flicked off the big show. I, I mean, like you said before, he's undefeated at this point, and just yep. have him go out just like that. I yep. mean, it, it was it was a frog splash, but just like so early and so nonchalant. Yeah, I know. And here, RVD has made the classic mistake of climbing on top of the the pod, and Big Show's held him down, and Test is, wow, just threw him <laughs> off of it. That's like, that's what you do on the video game. Yeah. That's what it looks like when you just throw the guy off. Test is going to climb up now to I the very top. Test, uh, Test used to have a nice flying elbow drop. Great. I loved Test's elbow drop. That's true. Ooh, he just killed Yeah, not doesn't always look good jumping off that pod. It's a little painful looking. Alright. So now I mean now not only is CM Punk gone, Hardcore Holly's gone, and R V D are all eliminated within the three minutes of each other. And I just said those are the three best wrestlers, the most action you're gonna get in the match, the most movement you're gonna get in a match. Now you're left with test. The Big Show and Bobby Lashley? You I mean, freaking kidding me? You just took out within. I mean, you, first of all, you took out Sabu, who we we're excited to see. True. Then you take out the guy we paid money to see, CM Punk, and then you take out our last remaining hope, RVD, and we still got 15 minutes of this match left. Mm-hmm. Like this reminds me of the 20. 15 Royal Rumble where Kane oh. and Big Show just toss out everybody one by one like all and the fan favorites and it's just like they're just like being mean to the fans yeah. it's like a difference between getting heat and just like stabbing the fans in the heart <laughs> yeah that that's one of my least favorite Royal Rumbles yes it's not good just it's actively being mean to the fans yeah so we got 15 seconds left here before another pod opens. And again, it's just like at this point, the crowd's just like, what? Like my favorites are gone. Like, three, oh, you know, yeah. One of them didn't even get in the ring. And then because he got taken out and then the other two are already gone. So we're just getting a chance to stew at this point as we're just like, is this real life? How yeah. did this happen? How could they how could they not read the crowd so poorly? I don't know if Vince ever watched the show. Oh, there's one of uh, Heyman's own minions. Yeah, the Bastions, allegedly. So the story here is that Bobby Lashley's pod is supposed to open, but these Riot Squad members, Riot Gear members, excuse me, Riot Squad's a name that's taken in 2019, but the Riot Gear members are blocking the pod from opening. We've seen these Riot Gear members, um, you know, in the past here. And I believe they want the crowd to just be like, 
so angry and, and wanting to see Bobby Lashley break through there. But in reality, we're chanting, we want refunds and TNA at this point because we're so pissed off at this match. And move the table because I still can't table. see. Yeah. So Lashley's going to use the table to break through this very weak chain on top of the table. Now the table's leg is broken. He can't even use it in the match. He's ruined it. But he's going to climb out here. And again, it's like, and I'll, I will say this though. There's one thing that, and then Disco, <laughs> bless his heart, the Disco Inferno says this. He says, you know, your money's already, you've already paid your money before you get to the show. So technically, they can do whatever the heck they want at the show, right. which is true. But now you want to put a good show on so that next time they come to your town or they advertise, you you know they they buy it again. Exactly. But that's the problem is that we've already paid our sixty dollars for a ticket or whatever it is, and then they just screwed us by taking our you know favorite guys out of the match. But again, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you're like, well, next time they come here, I can't trust them because they're gonna you know screw me again. Oh yeah, I mean without question, we're the marks. We we paid the money, they got us in the door. But sure, yeah, there's such thing called killing the town, and yeah, exactly. This is the type of thing. I mean, they've never come back to our town since then. Not for not for a pay per view, because I mean, this crowd just almost had a riot on this night, man. Yeah, it's crazy. So Dude, last I is- hate I hate him crawling out breaking through the cell like that because they always talk about how indestructible mm-hmm. the chamber is and that happens every chamber match somebody breaks through one of the pods that just that bugs me mm-hmm. you're right well he's taking it to test so i'm a big fan of him taking it to test but um, always still can't see like that table is still in the pod <laughs> even though he broke out and used the table it's his table is still standing up in the pods so we can't even see yeah you know completely it's just bad um, I don't know. They didn't like go out and you know block Stop it. it yes, check it out. So, oh man, Tess, big roided boot in the corner. They should have had a glass table. Should they? Yeah, we could have seen through that. <laughs> That'd been yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Put somebody to a glass table. Yeah. That's awesome. Make it uh, sugar glass or something. Big show, just waiting. Big Show having he, a nice night, just hanging out <laughs> in the pot. Yeah, he's the first one out, like to enter, and he's the last one in the. Uh, they're going to enter the actual match. So. Honestly, he should have brought like a foot long sub out there. That would have been a great heel move. Just like mm. <laughs> chill out. Wow, eat a sandwich in there. Speaking of sub, I, well, I learned this week that Baldino's is back open. So yeah, man, I got the institution right there. Exactly. I'm gonna have to hit you're it welcome. up over Christmas. Yeah, you are. Speaking of hitting up, Bobby Lashley's going to hit up Tess in the stomach with a crowbar and hit a spear that was just the go-to move at this point. One, two, three. Tess is out. So now we've still got time left in the match before Big Show gets in. And Big Show, I mean, Big Show and Bobby Lashley is going to be the finale of this and there's still a minute left until big show comes in it's just like who booked this one with Lashley and big show it's like elimination chamber man you're expecting to see six guys all in there together just crazy action jumping off the cage all this sort of stuff it's just so weirdly booked too that they think what they really want is Lashley and big show one on one 
nobody, none of that RVD crap or Sabu yeah. wasting everybody's time. And there are times when the marks are wrong and there's certain, there's a, a loud group of people that, you know, there's a small group of people that make a loud noise about who they, you know, fan, who they, who they want as their fan favorite. But there's also time when the fans really want these guys to win. And like, this was a time where it's that case where like, CM Punk was clearly over with not just the Marks, but everyone. Everyone that watched the show, everyone that came to the arenas. There's CM Punk signs, like you said, just more than anything. And it's just like, why not Why not give it to him right here? Well, look at their careers, man. Who, who, who panned out better, CM Punk or Bobby Lashley? I mean, that just proves In it. MMA or in WWE? Oops. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, you're right. Bobby in Lashley MMA, got the, uh, the last laugh in the shoot fight, I guess. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Good no, boy. you're right. <laughs> in, 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 in what we're watching in wrestling, in entertainment, it's CM Punk. I mean, he's, he's, he should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, Bobby Lashley, I couldn't possibly care less to ever see him in the Hall of Fame, so. Look at Big Show milk in the moment, though, man. Oh, I, yeah. Got to give Big Show props. He's he's doing what he can in there. Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> he's beating down. It's putting you to sleep. Yeah, apparently. Sorry. <laughs> he's trying to beat down Bobby Lashley with this barbed wire tube, uh, bat. Gets it stuck in the chain link. Bobby Lashley with some chair to the gut. Chair to the oh hand to the back. Man, I really do respect Big Show's ECW run, man. I, I think it. Sure. It's when you look at Big Show's WWE career, I don't know if it's the highlight, but it's it's one of them, man. That was maybe the best he's ever been booked, like the most they've ever made him look like a legit monster and not a joke. Yeah, I mean, aside from his big entrance when he came against Austin, oh, he's busted open from something. Yep. He went through the glass after he was busted open. But, uh, yeah, aside from his big entrance against Austin, and then, uh, yeah, he was booked like an actual actual giant. I mean, a, a killer here in ECW. So he has his moments when he comes and goes, but they just never are consistent with him. That consistency, yes, great word. Because, yeah, he'll have lots of awesome one-off or one-month periods, but they're just so inconsistent with him. That's a great, perfect word for it. Yeah. So he got thrown through one side of the pod in the glass, and then the other time <laughs> he, just, he just decided to shoulder thrust through, through it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that takes everything away. So Big Show just launched Bobby Lashley. That was nice looking. Over the top rope in the ring. A couple people in the front oh. row were clapping. A couple folks on their feet. Big Show had a little spittle coming out there. A little spittle McGiddle coming down the chin. <laughs> Calling for the choke slam. Paul he's Heyman ready. On the outside, continuing to be great too. Anytime we see a shot of him, he's mm-hmm. he's doing stuff on the outside. Yes, yeah. he's he knows this is his last night, but he's still performing for the crowd. He's still a professional. He could have gone out there and sulked and been a crybaby, or he could have yep. just walked away. But he's you know consummate professional man. As Bobby Lashley turns the tide here and. Somebody's trying to do the wave out in the crowd. And just, mm-hmm. No one cares, man. Just We were chanting TNA at a WWE pay-per-view. Like, wild. Yeah, it's just nuts, man. It just, I don't know. I mean, It'd be I, like if people chanted AEW during 
uh, TLC. Right. Well, they didn't change anything because those people were asleep <laughs> in Minneapolis. And they were asleep the next night in Iowa, too. But it's kind of like going to Augusta for a pay-per-view. Sort of. <laughs> uh, you got to know your crowd, man. Big Show is a that's a big man. He is, oh. man. He's powering him onto his shoulders there. And so actually not my favorite spear. No, and he gets the big pin there just after a spear. <sighs> and the crowd goes mild. It's Bobby Lashley trying to have an emotional moment here, and we're just booing the crap out of him. I, uh, we don't have that our sound up. It. So I don't Mm-mm. remember how it plays on TV. And there's one guy in the crowd that's excited, but man, we were pissed. Well, looking at it, you can see there are definitely some fans cheering because if you're looking at it, out of those two, yeah, you're excited because he won, you know, out of the, out of him and Big Show because Big Show's the heel. So you're excited, but like, that's just like the lesser of two evils, you know. You're not really excited. You're just excited because it wasn't the worst thing that happened that night. So I don't know, man. It's just. Just leaves a bad taste in my mouth, honestly. At this point, there is a minute left on the pay-per-view. And real time, it would have been about 10.15 in Augusta. Uh, so the show had been on for two hours and 15 minutes. Back then, WWE pay-per-views typically went 2.45. That was pretty standard. Maybe a little bit yeah. longer. Maybe a minute or two shorter. We're honestly thinking, okay, something else is about to happen. Yeah. This match was so terrible. They pissed everybody off so much. Surely, surely someone's going to come out and challenge Bobby Lashley. Surely that's not what's actually going to happen because there's 30 minutes of this show left, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly the conversation we're having. It's like, what, what do you think is going to happen next? Like, is Punk going to come back out or what? Like, what's going to happen? Look at that pyro, though, man. Bobby Lashley gets. And there's the uh, the name at the bottom, December to Dismember. And we're not so, getting a uh, Champa Gargana thing here where no. <laughs> <laughs> the signature comes on and we get some more action afterward. That was literally it. Yep. Like, I can't describe how frustrating and disappointing and uh, upset we were. We paid $60 a ticket for this and you're going off the air 30 minutes early after that uh, poop stain of a show. Like... <laughs> We stayed around and waited for like 10 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. they, were they going to do a dark match? Like, what? Right. like, they can't do that to us. That's against the rules. <laughs> exactly. And i tell you what. I think I was more frustrated with the fact that it ended early than I was with the actual content of the match that night. Because, again, watching it back here and talking about it, it gets, it gets me frustrated. But, like, I remember this night when we left, like, I still had a great time. I had a great time. I was entertained. I was there with my buddies. You, me and you were there together. I mean, it was just, I still, nothing was going to take the fun out of the show for me. You know, it wasn't going to, I try to be optimistic. And again, got to see some guys I wasn't normally going to see. ECW came to my hometown. It was just a great feeling. I got to mark out and mark up and dress like CM Punk and Steve Richards pointing at my sign. It just, those kind of things were a great, I, but I was just, the match was a stinker, but like, you ended, you gypped me of 30, at least 30 minutes of, of paid time that we paid for, you know? That was the m- most frustrating thing of the whole thing uh, t- to me. Dude, 100%. It's, it's all about the context here. Yeah. You, know, you can go back and watch this match, which 
and and this pay per view, which goes down as one of the worst of all time. Um, some people say it is the worst WWE pay per view ever. It's got one of the lowest buy rates ever, um, and the match is is awful. Um, or, or you know, a lot of people look talk about it being awful, but you got to have the context for it. If you just watch it, it's just it's okay. It's you know not. It's not like Botchamania bad. No. It's all about the context of it and the show going off the air early and the disappointment with CM Punk and all that stuff. That's where right. it gets its reputation. But as you said, dude, I'm, I still have the poster on my wall. It's still one of my favorite men. We still wanted to talk about it here because it is. Uh, we had such a blast that night, you know, despite all the crappiness. Sure. Um, and part of that was boosted by what happened after the show, our antics after the show that night. <laughs> uh, as we walk out of the arena, we uh, both took our wrist tape off and threw it in the trash because we were so upset about what happened to CM Punk <laughs> out there. But, you know, we've been to this arena a few times and we knew the parking lot of the arena. We knew where the wrestlers went after the show. So we were like, well, let's go see if we can see anybody out there. And, um, you know, some people may judge us for this. I don't know. I guess we're being major marks by going out after the show, but whatever. We we were young and we wanted to see the guys. See I'd do it again anybody. today. For, for sure. I don't care. Sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> don't care. Yeah. Um, and we did, man. We saw a few guys out there. I don't yeah. remember who we saw first. We saw a guy we saw earlier in the night. Oh yeah, I can't remember the chronological order of who we saw, but we saw Balls Mahoney, and this guy was like. I mean, he's like a breath of fresh air <laughs> the night. It was like if you're just like you're in a desert just thirsting for a drop of water, he's just like a big old glass of Fiji water just coming at you, man. He was just so refreshing <laughs> to talk to Balls Mahoney. I don't know if anyone Took has a... ever called Balls Mahoney refreshing until this moment. Right no, now. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna call Balls Mahoney refreshing. He's like it was just like a gold bond on the day, man. It was just the gold bond to cap off the day. He was he just in a great mood. In. He came out. <laughs> he was willing to take pictures, sign autographs yeah. to anybody. Just a big uh, toothless smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest in peace to that guy for sure. Yeah, I, I it was very sad when he passed because we have a picture of all yeah. of us with Balls Mahoney's arms around our neck doing the uh, rock and roll <laughs> sign with his yeah. tongue sticking out of his uh, toothless mouth, uh, man. That was th- that made up for everything crap sure. that happened on the pay per view. Was Balls Mahoney signing our autographs and taking a picture with us? Because uh, he's the only guy. A lot of guys came out that night, and some of them waved, some of them just didn't react to us at all. But Balls Mahoney walked into the crowd of hundred people and took a picture with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And I became a huge fan of him uh, until he passed away from that moment right there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, not to be upstaged by Balls Mahoney, we get another superstar we saw on this night drives up to us. And uh, I can't even tell the story without laughing, dude. You got to take it from here. Rene Dupree, ECW yeah. superstar, Rene Dupree. He rolls up, you know, just trying to get through the Four crowd tourists. of people. <laughs> Something terrible, something awful like that. Um, and he rolls down the window to us, and we're like, he pulls up to us, our little to group us. of guys, yeah. uh, for some reason. And we're like, oh, Renee Dupree, man, can, can we get a picture with you, man? Can we get an autograph? And he's like, no, 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 no picture, no picture, no picture. Uh, you guys seen Sabu? <laughs> he asked us. 
if we'd seen <laughs> Sabu, which I have a lot of questions about this. Like, just Didn't the fact that Sabu in, a, in an ambulance, right? But Sabu and Renee Dupree were riding bunnies, <laughs> right? <laughs> that does not compute. Uh, but we're like, nah, man, we hadn't seen Sabu. Can we get a picture or something? He's like, no, no, no. And rolls his window up and drives away, man. <laughs> and from December 3rd, 2006, ever since that night, I cannot stand to see that man on my television. <laughs> what a jerk. We're what just a, dish, a couple man. of a couple of kids, man. Just 20-year-olds. Just, I mean, and this is not one of those, you know, fishing stories where you tell the, tail, or the tall tale of, oh, it was this long or this, like... He literally drove up to our group. Like, we were standing right there. He drove right up to us, rolled the window down, and just asked us. Like, it's not, we're not, I'm not making that up. It's insane. And he did that. But then he's just like, no, 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 no picture, no picture. And like, dude, you are not too cool for us. Like, no. you, don't you, don't upstage me. Like, don't, don't big, big shot me. Like, come on. You're Renee Dupree. You're in you the dark be, match. Yeah. You should be happy that we're even asking for your picture. You know, like, you are, did the French tickler last year on TV. You know, like you are tag team with Kenzo Suzuki earlier this year. Like, shut your mouth. Golly, that guy grinds my gears, man. I don't know if he ever found Sabu that night either. But <laughs> I'll tell you, another guy who was looking for something that night was the Sandman. <laughs> he probably should have been with Sabu for what he was looking for. Yeah, he. <laughs> I didn't see this. Uh, I don't. Did you see this? I did not it, see this interaction. I, I cannot attest to this. Chuck and Josh or anything, but apparently Sandman hopped over, like peeked his head over one of the fences by the arena <laughs> that they were standing by, and like whistled them over and asked them if he knew anybody he could buy some weed from. That yeah. night. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, that seems about right. Um, yeah, but they were not able to assist him since we uh, yeah. did not partake in that at that point in our lives. So, uh, unfortunately, he didn't get it from us. No, he I did not get any. I'm sure he found it somewhere that night. Yeah, I'm sure. But that's what Renee was looking for was Sabu and Sandman and their <laughs> the bag of ganja. Stash. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, just again, <laughs> any any bad taste that the actual like show or the booking left in my mouth was immediately gone. Like by by this, these interactions with these wrestlers, like who who thought we we're gonna have this this night? You know, it's kind of like when we interacted with um, Hurricane Helms at, Toy, at Toys R Us uh, Mania. You know, it's just it's unexpected. It's cool. It's neat. And we're telling these stories 13 years later, and I'm laughing as hard now as I did back then. Like, it's just it's great. Yeah, man. If anything felt like original ACW, it was this. Yes. Balls Mahoney coming out like a doofus, taking pictures of people, Sandman. Sabu being lost, and Sandman asking fans for drugs. I mean, this was when we felt the spirit of ECW. Vince can have the re-CW in the, in the auditorium there, but yeah. The real ECW is happening on the streets. Absolutely, man. <laughs> that's, uh, I don't know how. That's the best way to end the show. That's I guess, I man. Uh, we we did see the big show as well out there. He uh, he didn't. I think he took some. Uh, did a few autographs with some fans, but he was trying to make his way out of there. Um, despite our friend Chuck yelling at him constantly, "Big Show, you from Aiken? Hey, yo, Big Show, are you from Aiken?" 
that was the best thing Chuck could come up with to talk to Big Show about was, are you oh. from Aiken, South Carolina? Which he is originally from. Uh, and Big Show finally looked over at him the 10th time Chuck yelled that at him. It was like, yes, I'm from Aiken. And just like, <laughs> Chuck was like, okay. Yeah, just check that off the box. Okay, and I want you listeners at home, if you've stuck with us for this long, I want you to remember Chuck and his journalistic questions that he asks because Chuck is going to come up in our WrestleMania 27 story, and uh, he's got questions maybe even better than Big Show, Are You For Making? You know, so you just hold on to that. <laughs> we love Chuck. still our good friend. He just gets a little tongue-tied sometimes. But he gets starstruck. He right? gets... He gets yeah gobsmacked when he sees a star. He just didn't know. He wanted to talk to Big Show and <laughs> couldn't come up with anything else to talk to him about, man. He's like, yeah, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> He's like, Ricky he Bobby. knew he was from Aiken right. and continued to ask him, are you from Aiken? <laughs> like, I don't know where he was going to go after that. Yeah, that's, that's Clearly, not good improv. No. The answer is yes. Not yes and. It's what, just yes. What's your follow-up to that? <laughs> Yeah. All right. I've been there. Oh man. Seen the horses. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But yeah, that the whole after show experience, the whole night, the whole just getting to share that with you and uh, yeah. with all our buddies that night. I'll never forget it. Uh, you know, WrestleMania 20, definitely my favorite wrestling show experience. This is probably number two, uh, right up next to it, man. Uh, and a lot of special memories from that. Um, including my battery on my car being dead when we got back to your apartment after the show. <laughs> Just another cherry on top of that Sunday of the show. <laughs> Left my lights on in my truck, so I had to get my car jumped off before I drove home that night. But uh, I'll never forget it, man. Uh, well, we got home time. about an hour early, though, so you had plenty of time. That's true, man. To get got home. home a lot earlier than we ever expected. <laughs> But, you know, uh, we would love to hear from you guys. Uh, did you attend this show as well? Are you also from Augusta? Are you from Aiken out there? Uh, did you watch this one live? Do you share our continued, 13 years later, our continued disgust over this show? Hit us up, man. Uh, let us know what you thought of The Undertaker in ECW. And you know where to find us at Talking Taker on all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we love interacting with you guys out there. And we are going to keep this show rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride of The Undertaker's career. We are going to ring in the... Wait a minute. No. We're going to... Take a pause before we ring in the new year of 2020 yeah. and before we ring in the year 2007 and the Undertaker's career with a huge Royal Rumble match. We are actually going to circle back around, uh, continue on this brief break of the Undertaker timeline uh, that we've been on, and we're going to go back and cover from one of the worst matches of all time to one of the absolute best matches of all time that The Undertaker was a part of. He's not a central part of it, but he is in it. We're going to cover the 1992 Royal Rumble match, uh, something we did not cover in the early days of our show. We're going to circle back around to it here with another watch-along I mean, what more can you say about that match? Uh, we're going to try to find something to say about it, but yeah. we're going to be completists. We're going to cover it here. 
Uh, we're not going to be better than Bobby Heenan Gorilla Monsoon's commentary. We're just going to provide a different uh, fan's analysis of that. And I can't wait, man. I'm, I'm very excited to watch that with you next week. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to cover that. And then, like you said, the next week after that, we'll go to the watch along for Royal Rumble 2007 as we enter into 2020 here in our real timeline. So it's going to be fun. We're just kind of changing things up uh, here at the end of, of 2019 just to give, you know, a little bit of breathing room for as we head into next year of Taker's career and next year of, you know, our calendar. So it's going to be fun. Thank you guys for sticking with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for all your support out there. We don't say it enough. Thank you to uh, everyone who listens to every episode, everyone who picks and chooses and listens to random episode. The fact that you guys listen to us blabber on for two hours and share our silly stories. It's incredible. Huge, biggest, tremendous shout out to at Gary Thorpe, one, two, three, four, five. Gary has been binging the show. He, we've talked about him on here a few times. He's caught up to us now. He is listening in real time. I don't know what he's going to do with himself now, but man, Gary, that, I mean, that just means the world to us, man. It does. Uh, It's so cool that you enjoyed it so much that you listened to every episode this far into it. Um, we encourage you to get, to continue sharing it. Folks, continue to grow this community. We're, uh, we're on the downswing now. We've only got maybe uh, a year's worth of shows left or so. Um, uh, as far as us, you know, we've got 12 years of The Undertaker's career, but it'll only <laughs> amount to about a year's worth of shows for us. But we're going to keep going on strong. We're going to continue to try to grow this and continue to make it the best podcast we can for all you guys out there. Um, and uh, real quick, did a poll for our previous episodes, uh, the Mr. Kennedy trilogy. You guys voted on that and your favorite match out of those three, our last three episodes, and overwhelmingly uh, agreed with us that that Armageddon 2006 match was the best Kennedy Undertaker match. So thanks to all you guys for voting out there. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for buying the shirts. Thanks for uh, doing all that you do to make this podcast fun for us. Uh, That's what makes it fun is interacting with all you guys and uh, knowing that you're out there listening and rolling, rolling, rolling with us. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours out there. And uh, Happy New Year coming up soon as well. Yeah, absolutely. And didn't Randy Turco say something about he appreciated our December pay-per-view analysis and he agreed with what we kind of said about how they kind of just take the foot off the gas for that Man, time. there's no perfect distillation <laughs> of December say, yeah. pay-per-view than this one right here. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, yeah. So um, we covered that here, so thank you for your comments about that. And again, if you were there at the Jays Brown Arena with us in Augusta, Georgia on December 3rd, 06, let us know. You know, we saw our, our you know, old friend Chris on the on the uh, pay-per-view there we we're talking about it and um, I'm sure there's some other folks that were there that we knew and went to school with but if you were there let us know if you had some crazy interactions with Balls Mahoney or if you were the one that actually gave the Sandman his marijuana afterward or if you found Sabu let us know let us also know what you feel about Rene Dupree and how he tried to big time us <laughs> So, um, <laughs> and, and seriously, go check out our social media this week. If you don't follow us on all of those, we're going to be posting some really, really fun pictures from 2006 yeah. of the press conference, of the show, of the after show, uh, of all that stuff. Uh, try to get some screenshots of us on the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a great week to go find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you don't already do that. 
Absolutely. Again, if you were there, let us know. If not, uh, tell us what you thought about this uh, about Undertaker in, in ECW and uh, about this particular show. Again, ECW December Dismember and this main event. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, like Alex said, Merry Christmas to you. Happy Hanukkah to you. Happy Kwanzaa to you. Happy everything to you. Happy Boxing Day. No, we'll be back on Boxing Day, won't we? No, we'll be back the day after Boxing Day. So we'll get to you Canadians later. But anyway, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. Elimination Chamber.